Good evening. A good, a good evening. Uh, we have this new Nachtschlagen. We have a new thing. The, the what? The what yeah, this guy? guy? This guy. It's the, that guy is the Nachtschlagen. Yeah. Oh, right, just to be clear, I ordered I ordered pizza because I knew I didn't have time to make anything or leave. <laughs> if I order pizza at like 6.15, bro, it's been in quality check since 6.38. It's now 8 o'clock. Nice. 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 That's good. That's, that's good. Guess I'm stuck with bourbon. Wow. That's fine. Li- liquid dinner. This We're is episode 81 of Snakes oh, and Stones. We are. We're right here. <laughs> we didn't talk about the mustaches or beards or anything this time. But... <laughs> I, I like the artwork you got going on, man. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. So is that Adeline there, stuff? Yeah, so much more of that, man. I got eight, I got eight of her pictures at Schaumburg. I got like 10 or 12 more coming to Daytona. I'm literally doing this whole wall this whole wall and that whole wall from the chair rail up and nothing but Adeline stuff, man. The That's whole, awesome. Every square inch. We got to get her on a show. Yeah, let's, yeah 100%, 100% you do. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I have one of those little two-by-two-inch camp mini canvases of a Chondra that she did about a year ago. And uh, it's, like, I love it. Like, it's it's, like, I had put it in a little fancy case that I got off Amazon just to like protect it because it's like legitimate, you know, art. Like it's to be fair, it'd be super weird if it was a two by two. Is my music too loud? <laughs> my Zen music? I have that when I'm working. No. I know you, you, I didn't you had even it last time. It. No, I can hear it. I, you had it last time when you were in the, the, the no, camp. And, and it was it was tranquil. I love it. It's good. Weirdly soothing. Yeah, look at your wheatgrass behind you. Yeah, man, it's pretty so sweet. Pretty so sweet. <laughs> Freaking hippie. Well, this is episode 81, ladies and germs. And uh, tonight we are joined by the one and only Mr. Brent Schultz. And uh, this wonderful show and all that is brought is provided by the fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons. Right yeah, check order. check them out. Yeah. Check them out. I was like, I no, you gotta. It's backwards, Brent. You gotta. It's go yeah, dude. Direction. It's very. It's hard. I can't get way. it right. That way. Yeah. Yes. The, the there way. you go. That way. There you go. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this. Well, speaking of Venom Life Gear, this this little little number came in the mail. The other day, Ooh, ah. see it, but it's the Palamas hook. Oh, nice. Mike Clarkson's signature Palamas hook. Mike would be happy to hear that. I have basically the, I have I I have what is the not pretty version? I guess it's literally just like the other one that I took to Texas is is pretty much the same model just without the hydro dipping and all that stuff because I needed something sort of short notice. And I freaking love this hook. Like, it's not very long, so it's... I think this is a 30, give or take. And I actually like it. Like, you have to... I do have to have a slightly bigger luggage bag to fit it in there, but it does fit, like, corner to corner, like, diagonally. And uh, it's the perfect length. 
because you're far enough away from stuff that can hurt you to where you can't get hurt, but you're close enough to where if it's like you can bring it with you. I keep the other one in my car, right? And like alongside the inside of my console. And uh, I'm all about them getting hooked hooks, man. Love it. So it's so funny, man. It's like it, there's something about you guys in the universe, how how it works with, with me. And look at that hat pan. You got your little... My hat's in my car. It's all sweat stained from Texas. <laughs> Don't worry, man. It's Daytona in a few weeks. You'll get another one. Yeah, I'm gonna get another one. I plan to. Hey, so it's so funny, man, because I, I feel like you guys must get like this crazy tingling in your ear every time I have something new going on. <laughs> <laughs> we can sense it, dude. I'm telling you, man. I'll be in the bathroom taking a leak, and all of a sudden, it'll be like Brent has something new he's doing. No, a different kind of tingle, but yeah, no, because, um. Yeah, Venom Life and switching over some Git Hook stuff. About to launch a crazy new whole line of online apparel only, from swimsuits to flip flops, bro. <laughs> and uh, and that's coming out real quick. And uh, I'm also now on a new project with uh, you know. I know, man. It's a lot. So so <laughs> I was uh. Brought on the Code Venom Trauma Solutions training. And um, super cool project. I can't talk a ton about it right now, but uh, and I'm still fairly new to it. But I'm coming in as a co-instructor um, with Jen. And we're going to be doing a lot of really, really cool stuff um, with, with, that, with that training. Man, I'm super excited about it. Awesome. Yeah, Get Hooked is going away. So... You heard it here first, like you always do with me. Somehow these guys always know. And every time I'm, no, you know, new news, these guys get on it first. So it's always, yeah. you heard it here first every time, no matter what. Um, and Bill Bradley, who is also a fellow, fellow, feller, THN folk. Uh, he was a Chombert. Because mm. he saw, I'm sure he saw Billy and he saw, I think, Casey Cannon. He tried to fight Casey Cannon about one of Casey Cannon's many uh, questionable opinions. Which I think is hilarious because from what I gather, Casey didn't realize it was him at first. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we only see each other from the clavicle up. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden he's got this large, scary, red-bearded man going, Casey Cannon, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> didn't and actually Casey, try to fight him, not like... Yeah, yeah. You know. and, yeah, and Casey's like, what did I do? I don't know this guy. <laughs> so... I, I actually I actually remember that in the elevator he had the black shirt on with the um, with the with the I mean I remember that very very clearly and I was like I'm not sure about those uh, snakes and stogie guys definitely <laughs> the, the network guys but so so what, you're, <laughs> so what yeah right so what you're telling me is that my get hooked equipment that I have now is now going to be collectible and I should not use it anymore I should just get new <laughs> I mean yeah that's one sales point for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know I, I was super super specific with the branding with venom life for the last two years since it came out man and i wanted to make sure all you know venom life on the words whatever but now a lot more into kind of the educational messaging through it and now that we have the nike now i can just put the swoosh on stuff right and i can actually get away with a lot more um getting a lot more messages out there with the apparel stuff and just putting the logo on it as a venom life product 
And for the same reason with Get Hooked, when we started Venom Live, I wanted to make sure that the Get Hooked name was, you know, was already a well-established name. We have good quality hooks. People like our stuff. Um, some people like us. So I wanted to make sure that we kept that name and it was synonymous with Get Hooked. It was a brand offered by Venom Live. Um, but it's time. I'm officially pulling the plug on that um, pretty much after Daytona. And we will now be offering all of your classics, all of your favorites, and a couple new lines as Venom Life Snake Hooks. And no, I like it. And get hooked. It's good. It is. So now I can look at that little get hooked label on my my smaller, you know, small hooks and just remember I the days. baby. When Woody's blood pressure was probably considerably lower. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If anything, it's only going up from here. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, and the more I joke about it, I kind of do want to just re retire. I just got to get new stuff that says Venom Life on it now. Yeah. So, you can never have enough. You can never have enough. I've got three hooks in my car now. Like one in the backpack, which is my old Midwest one that I bought forever ago. And then the, like, the, the Venom Life stuff ride shotgun. Bitch. So. <laughs> Well, that's like I have a. I I'm, I'm gonna one up you, Justin. I keep I keep three hooks and a set of M1 tongs, and I have the Venom Life Gear hook bag that Woody gave me, so they don't like clack around and they stay nice in the trunk. Okay. Here's here's what we need. The then if you're gonna be if you're gonna be combining them all under the the Venom Life thing, you need to figure out a way to make a car mount. In your car for these hooks that's like easy to quick grab don't have to like fumble around with stuff you just need to be able to grab it and go i was I yeah a couple pictures of some stuff i was uh recommending for you to use in the meantime but those are all yeah. kind of facing our stuff off of and i am working on one now that will be basically uh like a, a grab and go mount for your vehicle i don't know if you guys saw um with mike when he was doing a lot of the hook promotion stuff right off the bat um which he's still doing i asked him to slow down because we had production problems. So it's mm -hmm. like, you're doing a great job promoting your hook. We love it, but please tone it down. Wait, yeah. Wait, 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 um, but in, in that, he actually got a like a flashlight mount that goes on the side of your car. And his 28-inch, yeah. Mike's uh, standard 28-inch Pelamus hook, uh, it flips right in there, man. So who's that? Who we that's our boy in Brazil. Oh. In Brazil. What's up, Sean? It is actually his birthday. It was yesterday. Oh, nice. So. Very cool. Happy belated. Boy Neutsch, my friend. Yeah. We're, we're, we're international all the time. I love it. And I don't know if y'all can hear the fireworks in the background, but apparently my neighbors didn't get enough of it last night. So. Yeah, I've got... I hear yours. I hear the, my neighbors down the block. Uh, my poor dog. I didn't go outside this time because the skaters are pretty bad right now. But in, in, in my yard, we don't have that. We don't have that here. Mm. Like, it's so quiet here, man. Got the woods behind me. Like, there's no, no houses, no trains, no boats, no, no highway noise, no fireworks going off. It's, it's a way to do it. Here's like tree frogs and some birds, and it's amazing, man. Yeah. So I uh, just referencing what Justin was saying about, you know, packing the perfect yeah. hook for texas um normally i ship my equipment wherever i'm going and I, i've never i haven't had the privilege of leaving the continent just yet but whenever i do a herp trip i'll i put um i put all the hooks and tongs and everything and gloves and bags and whatever deli cups fiji water bottles i put it all in a uh, 
a long cardboard box for for like a rifle and i ship it to my destination and when it gets there it's there you know a hotel or you know friend's house or whatever but I, but we couldn't do it this time because plans changed so i actually had to i actually checked a plastic rifle case with zip ties on it and put all the same stuff in that i checked it under the plane and mm-hmm. everyone's like everyone's like is that a gun I said, no, 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 it's 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 golf equipment. And they're like, no, really, is that a gun? I'm like, you can open it, like it's zip tied. Just cut the zip ties. I actually put more zip ties in it because I figured someone was going to cut it open at some point. All right. Um, <clears throat> but now I realize that I'm going to keep doing this till the day I die. So I started looking at those. It's golf. It's golfing luggage. That's what. We- it, yeah. And okay. it's basically a golf bag that has a suitcase attached to the or is a suitcase. Yeah, we have a so we, we carry those to shows that that's how we transport a lot of hooks. We have one big one that's a golf. It's meant to hold a whole golf bag, but it's really big and bulky. So we switched off of that. That's kind of a story thing here in my house. And uh, for travel, we have like four or five. We buy rifle cases, man. Straight up rifle cases. Yeah. With the the gray foam egg crate inside. Yeah. Uh, dude, we buy straight up rifle cases. So we're <laughs> me and Woody rock into a hotel when we have like. Like, uh, I have, like, my, you know, my my coyote backpack and then, like, my coyote duffel. And then I have, like, two 48-inch gun cases. And they're, like... <laughs> you think like, you're the hitman from No Country for Old Men. Like, the only thing I'm trying to massacre is, is people's people's knowledge this weekend, man. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'm trying to assassinate is ignorance. Yeah. I'm going to pop some brains with knowledge. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I... I, I try to do as much as I can, as you guys already know, like on the education, whatever else. But I mean, I, you know, I'm talking to Jen Davis a lot this last this last week, and um, uh, she's a good friend of mine. And we're becoming even closer. And now that we'll be working together on doing a lot of this training stuff across the U.S., um, you know, surely we'll be even closer. But in talking to her a lot, you know, it was uh, one of those things where I was like, man, I I still feel like I got to get to the next level, you know, and it's not. Yeah, of course I want to make money. Of course I want to do that. But for me, it's, it's not about making a million dollars doing anything. It's about getting the word out there, spreading the, the idea of conservation and, you know, positive, promoting positive and healthy, you know, healthy, happy uh, handling and keeping. Right. And so I was like, this is really what I want to do is get more and more into the education side, more and more into the training side. Um, and through Venom Institute and, and Code Venom Trauma Solutions, I'm, I'm actually going to be able to do that, which I'm super, super excited about, man. Um, and being able to bring a lot of that to light, too, with, um, you know, with, with, the, with the apparel stuff. And now that I have the opportunity to offer way more stuff than I used to be able to offer on Venom Life um, with this new deal that we have, um, I'm super, super excited, man, because we're going to be doing some really, really cool stuff from snake venom composition drawn out in like the grass from like you know yes yes and specific stuff like that from the enzymes and proteins to three finger toxins 3d models of three finger toxins on the shirts that is awesome you have read my mind yeah dude 100 percent. i have i have tattoo ideas in my mind but the problem is is the toxins i want to get tattooed are so in depth i don't know if i can do it you just have to find a really good artist aka yeah right yeah right very fine line person <laughs> and so i need i can't find my torch man i know i look like an idiot with my little oh no, dude good. lighting with a bic is impossible it seems like it sucks man I'm, i'd be better off with my candle just set it on there for a minute yeah right 
but you know, back to back to Adeline. Wait, where am I? Backwards. Okay, back to. Um, we're actually going to be releasing periodically throughout the year an entire line of Adeline Robinson T-shirts. She's going to have her own line where she's going to design two three shirts. Um, we're switching over now. We're rolling over apparel for seasonal. So summer stuff, you're not going to be buying tank tops. Yeah, you got to get it. We're, I'm just done with the same stuff all the time, right? It, like most people that support us, they got the whole collection. Pokemon, got to catch them all. Got it. Um, well, let and, me look at Supreme. Yeah, right. You put Supreme on anything, people are going to yeah. like even, and then you limit that number. People are going to go crazy trying to find that, and they will spend ungodly amounts of money because it's become more of a collector thing than anything else. Yeah. So that's kind of where, you know, with the marketing business brain kind of went with that. But I'm like, but I also wanted to be. You guys know me well enough to know that I don't do any business deal unless there's three identifiable winners. I need to be able to identify, like, like hey, Phil bought that from me. I give him material. He gives me money. That's not good enough for me. That's just an even exchange, and that doesn't make the world better. His world gets better. My world gets better monetarily, but that doesn't make the world better. And if I really want to do something to change the world, to affect the lives of people and make the world a better place, it needs to be affecting people that I don't know or may never meet, or maybe people I do know, but I care about, and I want to make their world better. But there has to be a third identifiable winner in everything that I do. And so Adeline is one of them. Mike, I really support everything that he does. It's one of the reasons I wanted to part with him on the, on the, on the hook. Um, and you know, we talked about the whole split with the money and where it's all going to go. Uh, I'm fairly certain, and don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain at least the majority of, if not all of the proceeds from Mike's hooks, are going straight to HCI for Herb, Herb Conservation International. Which I am a member of, and I am supposed to be helping with the newsletter as soon as we have yeah. our next little powwow. So. Awesome. Real thing, Adeline, I 100% I think she's incredibly underrated. By far one of the most badass artists I've ever come across in any industry. And without putting anybody down, in my personal opinion, has down one of the best, if not the best, in our industry she's a monster for what she does for the type of stuff that she does. Right. I'm sure there's other people that are better at pyrography and probably other people that are better at maybe watercolors. Mm -hmm. But does man, she's a beast. Yeah. She's uh, dare. I say she's the next tell Hicks. Dude, she's, you know, it's a monster. man. and, and I think, I, I don't want to say underrated because I think that people that know her know how good she is. I just don't think she's well enough known. Right. And so, it seems like she's come a long way, though, just in the last like two years or so. Like she's really her following's just been getting huge, hundred percent. And 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 she's doing more and more commission work. She's doing more stuff. She did all the logos for the Venom Institute. Um, she all the new the new logo for the Venom Institute that's coming out. She did all that. She, she did the HM logo. Did. Fun fact: people may not know that HM with the circle in it. Yeah, was hers. originally she had one with the Condro on it, and I was like. Mm. I go hard on the Condro stuff already. I was like, let's just do the the H with the. I probably should have done the HM thing, but that would have been a nightmare for shirts. And she deserves it. She deserves <clears> it. <throat> I'm doing. I mean, this this Lakeesis, like I'm doing that full out or something just like it. Um, I don't know if that one's available, but I want to do something just like that, like just straight up on a black T-shirt. The whole thing, like yeah, it, she's done Carbifest logos too. And now I have a way to print those. I'm mm -hmm. the, I, anymore so i have the opportunity to do that and uh and there's no way i was going to miss an opportunity to work with her so hers is going to rotate in and out too so we'll have adeline robinson she'll have a line maybe two or three shirts and then 
uh, in summer, those will be done and rolling into the fall. We'll do some new stuff with her and that'll be very same thing, collectible, right? Like where um, you got to wait till fall to get the next one. And then once mm -hmm. the done, we're not going to release it again. It's going to be off, off commission. Nobody uses it again. Um, I'm probably telling more about it than she even knows yet. We haven't even been that in depth yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's but good. I was just coming and she, she can't wait. I know that. We've talked about it. So uh, we're just working on the details now. I had to lock down a place that I could do um, that type of printing. And so now I have that. So we're, we're going that route now. So, yeah, lots, so many cool things to announce, man. I'm so glad you guys brought me in. Listen, to be clear, I also don't want to sit here and talk about me the whole time. I feel like we don't talk about Phil's mustache enough. Um, what? That's nice. Do that again. And Phil, Phil has the hat pin. We got the hat pin now. So we're working on like a lot of uh, little, little new stuff that, um, you know, will be fun for, fun for people to have from, like I said, flip flops, man, Venom life, yeah. watch bands, Venom life, sunglasses. Like I'm all, I mean, I'm, I'm with the I love it, you know, all next level, man. And yeah. uh, not the brand we're going like just <laughs> super excited about it, man. So I'm so glad I get to come on and, Talk about all the cool shit I have going on again with you guys. So, well, well, real riddle, quick, riddle we're, we're, well, hold on, we're, we're 23 minutes in. We haven't talked about cigars yet. So, Brent, what are you smoking tonight? Oh shit, man! So check this out. I spent I spent a lot of time today, and I have witnesses if you want fucking references. I spent a lot of time today looking for cigar places, and apparently, the few decent ones we had in the Lake Charles area all got destroyed in the hurricane and are no longer reopened. I preface the fact that. I got the backwoods fire gas station. Old faithful. But man, I'm telling you, if I they're can't, not bad. They're, they're not bad. bad. They're actually pretty damn tasty. So I'm like, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have to, if I'm gonna have to go, not Maduro, not you know, shorty, like if gas I'm, station special. And but of all, but of all the gas station specials, those are the ones to that's get the top shelf. Yeah, I, that's what that's what I. I mean, like I got that. Um, I got a Mick Ultra candle and some Gentleman Jack, and apparently, no Dominoes. So, hey, that's <laughs> that's the trifecta right there. I love it. What you Smitty, got? Smitty, what are you smoking? I, I'm smoking a Diesel. This is the Whiskey Row line, so this is a bourbon aged um, something. It's not bad. There you go. You got to use a little sidecar there. Yeah, but I have to be able to cut this off to relight it. All right, carry on. Yeah, so this is one of like the infused. I like these because they're not like in your face infused. Um, I find that a lot of the in like flavored and infused stuff, some of them the just the flavor can be so overbearing and too much. Like I like subtlety when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like I yes. like just enough to, for me to know that it's there, but I don't want it to be like the main. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want it to taste like it was dip, dipped in whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Moscato overnight? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so this is bourbon barrel aged. So a lot of companies that do the whole bourbon barrel aged thing, the tobacco gets gets put in those barrels for a couple months uh, before it's rolled. So they do have, like, they don't taste like bourbon, but they have a very, like, sort of a subtle sweetness to it that you would get from, like, a bourbon or something. And Yeah. When you open a new box like the Perdomo Habano Connecticut's or the Maduro's for that matter, 
Those are Asian bourbon barrels. You open a fresh box of those, you can definitely smell it. Like it's very faint, but it's there. Um, I just like the fact that I don't, that's not all I'm tasting, you know, right. like a little bit, a little bit goes a long way. And yeah, acids are a good example of that. Those are just like people are like, well, is the tobacco good? It's like, it doesn't matter. It's so, it's flavored so, uh, such a high amount that it doesn't even matter. It could be cardboard and it's going to taste but it, the way but it, it tastes. It all kind of tastes like, uh, like, like lavender dish soap. Like it's, yeah, it's it's supposed to be infused with like essential oils or something. They don't really tell people what it is. It's just sweet. I just tell people it's like a cigar if you rolled it in sugar. And they're crazy popular. I can't even bash them. Like they keep the lights on. It's the Bud Light of cigars, man. Top selling cigar of all time is acids. So yeah, whatever. Nobby, Nobby, what you got? So I'm I'm out of my wheelhouse tonight. Um, I'm smoking a a it's a 2015 Gurkha Signature Series Churchill. And it's, I don't usually smoke a cigar that big. Um, hold on. But these are, I don't know if it's, and this is going to sound asinine, but I don't know if it's rum or cognac. There's but it's, something. It is so good. And these are the ones that come in the actual glass tube mm -hmm. with the uh, the bourbon wax on top. It, you know, it yep. may be bourbon for all I know. Um, well, they have a rum one. They have a, right. uh, with the, they have a rum one. They have a bourbon one. Um, the rum ones are actually pretty damn good. I'm not this, gonna this lie. This is I probably the, the rum one. It's got, I had the it's bigger version. It. It's the Abuela. It's the 17 year, mm -hmm. and that one. I smoked one of those at work one day because I got a wild hair. I was like, you know, let's try. I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big flavor infused guy. Yeah, that thing was freaking delicious. Yeah, so this is. Uh, I got like five or six of these in 2015 in the glass tubes with the wax, and I just sat on them and. I was moving stuff around yesterday, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna smoke one of these on Stogies." You know, now that we got Brent here, I'm even happier. I get to smoke it with him. You know, so uh, so yeah, I'm not a Churchill guy, but this thing is—they're delicious. So if you get Gurkha Signature with the red label in the glass tube with the wax on top, take it. Not seeing. Then I have this Viaje Collector's Edition as my my backup, but it's got like a major crack right down the back of it. So really, we'll see how that goes. Like a Fisher. Like a, yeah. Oof. So so let me ask you, Justin, um, back to what Phil's talking about. Does it does it matter last two with wax? I mean, is it gonna be like a wine and get better with age, or was it just always that good? What um, in theory, yeah. It's it's a lot like wine in the fact that not every cigar is meant to be aged and sat on for yeah. a billion years. Like a lot like a lot of wines that you can get in store, they're meant to be opened and drank yeah and i was more so elaborating as to the packaging because there's like 25 different gurkha signature series you know what i mean yeah and, and like yeah. if you look at the you, you won't be able to see it because of the camera but if i took the band off and handed it to you all it says is gurkha handmade that's it yeah. there's no there's i know no, which one it is yeah you, you, you know exactly which one i'm talking about yeah. and they're one of the one of the one of the better gurkhas so as far as the tube thing goes, whether you sat on one for 10 years and smoked it versus like Phil having it for, you know, a couple and then smoking it, I don't know if you would notice a major difference. Um, yeah. I mean, it tastes exactly the same as I remember it. When they're sealed up like that, I don't think you can really expect a whole lot. Like with cedar humidors, you know, you're getting some air exchange as you're opening it over time and you're like, you know, humidification comes and goes and the oils start to settle and move and. You know, but not every cigar is meant to be sat upon. Yeah, so. and and I will say this: I've I've 
been gifted because like i'm not one of those guys it's like oh i have to have the one in the glass i've been gifted a lot of sticks in glass where it's just like a cellophane on the end of it and it, it does not hold humidity and it just dries out and gets crusty on the shelf but like those gurkhas with the wax yes i keep them in the humidor but it's still i've had ones that i've left out for mm-hmm. a month or two yeah, and unless it was you're leaving ex- them in the sunlight exactly yeah it's gonna hold up it's gonna hold the humidity way better than one that's just cellophane so 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 i need i'm telling you right now justin get get your sales pants on full setup for my spot i need i need the computer humidor to fill it a good party pack starter pack and give me the whole the whole shipment at once and uh it'll be like uh Hour of the month party pack, you know what I mean? Like I did that that beer of the month thing that I paid for for a couple of years. I did the whiskey of the month thing that I paid for for a couple. Of years. Now I want to do this. Well, thing. we've been talking about doing something for the snakes and stogies thing that's going to be changing soon. We're going to be doing the 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 sampler packs are going to be coming back, but we're going to tweak it a little bit so that it's a little yeah. more less of a commitment, I guess, as far yeah. as like the number of sticks and the price. And so as soon as we iron out those details, thanks to Rob Stone. Bob Rock is the one who uh, who sort of mentioned it, so we have to yeah. sit down with him and sort of get a better idea of what exactly he's talking about. Um, I have a pretty good idea of what he's talking about, but we're we'll be rolling that out at some point soon. So yeah, I was uh, I was slightly inebriated when we discussed it, so uh, we got to re we rehash out those details. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure that you knew that I was on the list for uh, humidor setup down here that I can start putting sticks in and and uh, yeah. start sending me stuff in. Like I'm, I'm happy to pay shipping, whatever I got to do, but I got to get back on that level, man, because um, I, I can't deal with all of them being shut down in this area. Yeah, with sucks. Togies, I still, I still want a good one every once in a while, man. And I, if I'm doing three hours worth of work, I want two good, you know, hour and a halfers <laughs> like, while I'm working. You know what I mean? Like, so I, uh, and whiskey power hour, man. When I do whiskey power hour, like usually when I'm working from home, about one o'clock to two o'clock in the afternoon, a couple, two, three fingers will last me two hours, but I still call it whiskey power hour. But dude, I get more done in that one hour on my computer than I probably did the four hours that led up to it. Like I'm telling you, man, like there's something about whiskey power hour and then you put a cigar out too and it's just like, the music helps, but I just hammer down focus, man. And I'm like, I just, just get shit done. And, um, and I just need to be back on that because I'm not a huge fan of going to the gas station for backwoods because I got a invite to do S and S. And I thought we were gonna do. I was just drawing a really hot bubble bath. Uh, with, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think we should do a bourbon and bubbles episode one time where we're all three in a in a bubble bath with bourbon and sit around and talk. Man, I think that'd be so fun. Can I can I put my feet in like a can I put my feet in like Epsom salts because I don't have a bathtub? <laughs> uh, you got a kiddie pool? <laughs> we can we can make that happen. <laughs> I'm just saying they're not that expensive. That's a good point. But I got That's this, a I good point. Five foot by five foot garden tub like in the corner, and dude, like I was like, who takes baths anymore, man? Like I don't want, I don't want to take a bath. Then I, then I realized that now that I'm older, that showers are for morning time and baths are for nighttime. And I'm a huge fan, dude. Like, I'll shower, like, when I get home from work. And then I'll, you know, do dinner, do laundry, do whatever I got to do, work on the computer for a while. And then, like, 10 o'clock, man, I'll just pour a bourbon, 
sit in the Epsom salt bubble bath, and that's a game changer, man. And I don't even mind. I think Sydney, you know, Mary Sydney from MSP, um, I, she she calls it my bougie ass bourbon bubble bath time. That's what she calls it. The um, triple the triple B. But I think I think it's just I think it's just because she's jelly. Cause I got that. <laughs> It's funny. Bubbles and bourbon one night, man. I think I think that'd be an awesome episode, man. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, like, the Whiskey Power Hour. Like, think about every great artist in history. There was always a snifter of something next to the easel, on the top of the grand piano, whatever it was, you know, on the, on the writer's desk. There was always that snifter. Yeah. All, I mean, some of the greatest poets in the world, greatest artists, greatest musicians – I agree, man. And I think I think there's something weird about it. And I don't know if it's because I was a musician for so long, you know, for a decade and a half. I did that before this. But um, I don't know if it was just that or if it's like something chemically, bio, biochemistry wise, that like it just opens up different synapses. I don't know, man. But what I well, it, it takes the edge off. That's it. It it allows for a level of creativity and free form flexibility that you can't get if you're too focused on your own shit, too in your own head. Um, all great artists will tell you they're their own worst critics. Dude, in the music industry, we used to joke all the time that albums are never finished. They're abandoned. Um, <laughs> because you could literally go back tomorrow and find shit to change every single day. Like, eventually, you just stop. Albums are never finished. They're abandoned, man. And I feel like books are the same way. Articles are the same way. Justin will probably agree that, you know, with editing podcasts, editing the the magazine, like there's always more he could do and probably wants to, but at some point you just got to call it quits. And I think that with whiskey, that's what I call it. But my whiskey power hour, man, I uh, I don't know, dude. I just I just hammer shit out. I'm just like I just go with it, man. And when I'm done, I'm like I'm really happy with this product. I spent four hours trying before, and that one to two hours with a just a sitter of, of of whiskey or bourbon, I'm like. Dude, I'm, I'm so happy with the product. Like, that's when I get some of my best ideas. And so you're absolutely right, man. To that point, that's a really, really good point, man. What do we got? Oh. Touche. Touche. Uh, so I was. By the way, the, the, the Herpeticulture Network does not condone the use of alcohol while handling venomous reptiles, discharging firearms, or any projectile weaponry, as well driving, as operating a motor yes, vehicle, operating large machinery. Fair enough. I was. I wanted to ask, did Mike actually sign these? Yeah. That well, he didn't hand sign every single one of them, but that is Mike's actual signature. I was gonna say. Well, this one looks like it was done with like a pen, like on it. I just couldn't couldn't tell. No, that's uh, he did not sign everyone. I I wish that he could, but anybody that knows Mike knows that he's a pretty busy guy as well. Um, but no, I mean he did. He wrote that in pen, and I I took it digitally, and we put it on the stickers, and um, and and the guy doing the stickers for that did a really good job of making it look like an authentic signature. But that is yeah, he did signature man. So that's a signature series, and that's Mike's signature right on him. It looks like a it looks like the flying V from the Mighty Ducks, but it's a it's a cool scene. <laughs> <laughs> Show it again. Let me see. I'm gonna flip it around. Yes. Uh, Focus, yep. damn it. 
Yeah. Well, from yeah, it looks like it looks like the number four when it's blurry. It's a it's a super cool signature, man. I love it. It's just like the grip. I freaking love the grip on this thing. The, like the flat top. That is the Lampkin. Yeah. Lampkin deep etched. Yeah. So, goes over to the Iomics. It's also still going to be a flat top. It's a good grip, but um, it's going to help with production because those ones are awesome. But to continue to do those would drive those up about $20 a hook. And I think that that price point, just because they're so limited, like, wow. right now, um, they would go up almost $100 a hook. And uh, those are already not that cheap to begin with because it takes a lot to do that custom work from the, you know, that, that custom hydro dip, which we do hydro dip on a lot of stuff, but that hydro dip is exceptionally more difficult. Um, the, the sticker factor, right? We have the, the extra split, but if you look at that hook end, the hook end is one of the things that actually takes the most time. Um, for anybody that's heard us or talked to us before, they know that all of our hooks are handmade by a real Mexican in the USA. Um, <laughs> Phil can attest to that. <laughs> and um, yes, yes, I can. And to make, I mean, just looking at that hook end, man, you can already imagine like how much work goes into those um, to hand make, hand bend, hand shape, hand cut, hand grind, and then hand polish every one of those hook ends. Um, that's part of why the price point is up there, man. And uh, and I'm okay with that because it's a it's a super cool you know, kind of limited edition type of thing as well. Um, and I still think it's a decent price point for, for what, for yeah. what we offer. I don't think it's astronomical. Um, there you go. A little slideshow of down, down and dirty, the Venom Life Lab. There Dendra, I'm looking up what episode we had him on. It was just me and him that episode because Jake was busy or something jake wasn't there that episode so it was just me and mike i'm looking uh, up the episode number right now yeah man all of those are just hand shaped hand bent hand cut hand polished i mean it's like it's it's all done from scratch man we just buy stock steel that's got rust on it and we we turn it into those things and that's uh, uh this is probably not to cut you off my apologies but this is probably my favorite my favorite set of photos. So he has this bar stock right here, right? And just like photo one, it has a slight taper. And then it gets a little more. And then it gets a little more. And then it get, now it's a straight up point. And by the way, this, this pic, picture is a great picture because the belt is rolling at like, I don't know, 1200 RPM. I was going to say, it looks like it's sitting still, man. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then, it, you know, he switches belts and, switches machines and now he's honing it you know and, and shaping it you can even see like the flex in it about how much weight he's putting into it and then it, it all just gets hand done so, sorry go on man no that's all i was saying man just i was just saying that like it, there's a lot of work goes into it so no you taking over was perfect because that's that's what i was trying to say with words but you did a much better job with pictures <laughs> and like the, the meticulousness of him literally sanding the tip by hand like it's 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 straight up Americana Americana craftsmanship. Five micron uh, polishing cloth that's like fifty five hundred grit. You can tell it looks like cheesecloth, man. That's such a yeah. that's what he does with the polish, man. Like absolutely crazy. 
takes all the burrs out, does he does all of that by hand, man. So and, and you know, honestly, I hear often that like we don't charge enough for our hooks. I do hear that a lot. Um, but the margins are where I want and need them to be to be able to grow successfully, to grow slowly at a decent pace and make it available for everybody, including kids and starters. And that's where we want to be, man. I'd rather move more product into the hands of people that want to need them um, at a lower margin than crank it up because we can for the quality factor and have a lot of people miss out. I don't want to, to cut ourselves short, but yeah, that's, 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 that's what happens, man. Crazy to see. Oh yeah. And I tell you, I, I'm addicted to my lambkin pistol grip that I have on, on my custom hook. Yeah. And like, now I know that now I have, now I'm going to have to get another one because you're not using the lambkin anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think we honestly only have a few left, man. And, um, we could probably still get the lambkins here and there, but as it sits right now between COVID and what they're still, by the way, saying shipping lanes being closed for 24 hours. And like, I'm like, we're really, we're still talking about that. We're still dealing with, it. but um, just so many things in the industry that make it really difficult to get certain things. And that lamp fetch grip just happens to be one of them, man. And it's, it sucks because it's a good grip. However, the, the Iomics, I don't know if you guys have those. They're becoming our new standard. Yeah, so I actually uh, I had just ordered a standard uh, standard thirty for my girlfriend for her first snake hook, yeah. and uh, and we we got the IOMAC on there, and, and that thing it feels good, it feels it, real good. It's it's not quite as it's still grippy, it's still ergonomical, it's still super comfortable, easy to clean. Um, it's a great grip. You have the flat part on the top for indexing, so when you're working with venomous stuff, you have this flat part on the top where. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what I have on the other one, on like the prototype one that I have in my car that I took to Texas. Yeah. Is that that grip too? Well, venomous, like I know right without looking. I know right where the point is. Right, I can do that all day long. If I got to switch quick, I can switch quick, and it gives you that ability to just index really fast and know where the point is without without having to to put your eyes on. It. Yeah, and like feel for it in the dark or whatever. It, it's it's so comfortable, man, and uh, I think I think adds to a safer working environment and comfortability, especially if you use them often. Um, just that whole ergonomics, just to make it more long-term use, you know? Yeah, an extension of you that that is not only manipulatable, but also um, well-balanced and, and, and you can build that muscle memory, build those gross motor skills and fine-tune them. I... I I, I put the, the other hook that I took with Texas. So the other hook that I have that I took with Texas is basically this same hook just without the hydro dip and the, uh, you know, the, the sticker and stuff like that. It's like the raw version more or less. Let me see the hook end. It's that same bullet bullet tip, mechanicular. Yep. Um, and I put that thing through some, like I, I purposefully tested it when we were in Texas with some rocks and some heavier stuff and it, no flex. Like it did, it did great. It was rock solid. Awesome, man. I love and don't forget for all the listeners that you have a discount code. Yeah. So any code THP. THP 10. Is that right? I think it's just THP. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's just no. THP. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just THP. I have the photo real quick. I'll pull it up. I, as we speak. 
PHP. <laughs> I can change it on my cell phone. But I think you guys might be right. I think we made the first one after my very first episode, and then we changed it to simplify it. But it is okay. So it is THP, which is 10% off of all products at venomlifebeer.com from hooks. Yeah, 10% off everything from hook to t shirts to hats and hat pins, venomous stickers for your buckets, and soon. Everything from ladies' pencil skirts and white Doc Martens to flip-flops and swimsuits. Nice. Uh, I, uh, Apple iWatch. We're, we're going to offer some... Venom stuff. Life condoms. No, no, man. Like, I only worry about one kind of safety, and that's snake hooks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah I just want to let your people know. Use the discount code THP. Um, that way we know where you came from. Go use that code. You support them, you support us, and you support education, conservation, most importantly, the Asclepius Snake Bite Foundation. Yeah. I was just about to say it. You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I still need to get one of those shirts. I need to buy one. Started. We got I'm going to do that right now. Talk about it. So. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm super, super excited. I'm so glad that you guys asked me to come on tonight because, um, man, just with all this cool stuff coming out. The new, the new stuff. We literally just made the decision at like twelve fifteen today, Central Time. Hell yeah, dude! To move forward with uh, all these new lines of apparel and make, and they're all going to be basically most of them are going to be available online only. Some specific items, like I might bring ten pairs of flip flops to Daytona, but once they're gone, they're gone. You got to get the rest online. Um, we're probably going to do that, but uh. That just happened today, like twelve fifteen or something like that. So then I get the text from Justin like an hour later, and I'm like, God, man, this these guys are on it. Like I got called by the vendor. My spidey sense was tingling, man. Twenty four hours, I got a phone call. It's like, Hey, you want to come on? And I was like, Dude, I got so much to tell you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I'm so excited. And and now what I'm doing with Code Venom Trauma Solutions, um, that's real stuff, man. Like, um. Some of the training stuff we're going to be doing is Venom, well, is already being done that I will now be a part of, is Venom Trauma Disaster Response Training, um, pre-hospital envenomation field response, um, venomous, non-venomous identification. Uh, and these are all like four, six, eight-hour courses, right? Um, disaster and wildlife, exotic and indigenous. Um, what else? Trauma for animal responders. Um so that'll be a good one. Compassion fatigue and PTSD. Um, that's a six hour course. So these are, and these are not for individuals, by the way. Um, and that's through, um, like I said, through Code Venom, but they're for organizations um, that want and need that sort of training. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited to be able to be a part of that. A lot of the open to the public type of trainings we're going to be doing are not going to be as medically in depth not going to be as specific for organizations and um, will be more widely available. And those will be through the Venom Institute, as you guys already know, and we're working on that as well. So our website was supposed to be up for that in uh, May at the latest. Uh, it's still not up, but that is actually going to be happening in the next probably 30 days. We should have that up, uh, up and going in the next like 30 days or so. So, uh, super excited about that as well. And with that, 
the other thing that we're doing over at Venom Life is online, we are going to have a partner store where basically you can go like into our store for our partners. So um, I don't know, maybe like some THP stuff, some Adeline Robinson art, maybe some, you know, I guess with J even with JT, Rep to Chip, we can sell Rep to Chip shirts. Uh, we're working on a partnership right now with Morph Market. We're already carrying some of their stuff in our store um, online or not online, but in person. Um, but, you know, to work with these guys, because I, I think that what they do, a lot of things that they do is super important to the industry. And I want to be able to support them. Um, but not all of them do all the shows. Right. Even we don't do all the shows. Right. So to be able to help be a, a one stop shop to get the word out there and like you're able to just come to our store. You can also get a Morph Market shirt while you're there. You can also get a THP shirt while you're there, right? And uh, and it's not to be in competition with anybody. Like if people want a THP shirt, I will always guide them to yours, but they can find it organically on ours, right? And so it's just spreading the love, growing the industry, helping to unite where we're at in the herpeticulture, herpetology keeper whatever um all of that stuff right so that is uh that is what we're working on also as well as the new stuff so but the last when you google code venom trauma solutions it comes through a website for asar is that correct um Yes. Yeah, so on Google currently, that's where these are being uh, offered through ASAR. <clears throat> but I will be working for and with Code Venom Solutions. But currently, those courses are being offered through them. But I don't work for or with ASAR. Phil, did your ASF shirt? Did it shrink a good bit after washing? Should I go like a size up from what I normally do, or did it seem to um, hold pretty well? I would say I would say it. I, I've only worn it like two or three times, and I probably washed it twice so far. So, um, I would say that it didn't. But I will say it is that material that big guys like us tend to. It tends to cling, you know. So it couldn't hurt to get a size up. So, but dude, I'll tell you the the material is really nice. It's a good shirt. I love wearing it. I need to get more. ASF shirt? Yeah. That ASF blue is my color. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it looks great on you. It does. I, it does. Well, everything on you, Phil. Oh, thank you. But I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I, I also want to be able to, and I'm working with Nick and on the fundraising committee um, with a couple of the other guys as well. We're working on, currently, actually, we have a meeting Wednesday on... Um, Offering more stuff for and through ASF. Um, it's just such a cool logo. Yeah, it's an awesome logo and it's an awesome cause. Favorite. Yeah. Super awesome cause and a really cool logo, man. Um, Ray Morgan actually did that logo and he knocked it out of the park, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that knows Ray, Venom Interviews, uh, he killed it, man. That, that logo is awesome. And yeah. it's very, very cool that he did a notable African species. Yeah. Yeah cool color yeah. and it wasn't a mamba or a cobra That's right. <laughs> yeah yeah notable but i think highly underrated 
Um, when you think African species, like obviously everybody thinks about like gaboons and stuff sometimes, right? If they're in, right. um, but for the rest of the people, you think Africa, you think mambas first, and then cobras second. Uh, for the general public, so I think I think he's really kind of knocked it out of the park with that man. And I'm super happy, man. The logo is so cool. Yeah, it, it's it's an awesome logo, and I'll tell you, of all, and I don't want to, I don't want to generalize, but like. Because we're so, I don't want to speak for everyone, but because the three of us at least are so involved as much as we can be in this, in the education aspect of this global health crisis, um, very few organizations, although they may be doing a really good thing, they don't show it as much or as well as ASF. ASF does a great job of Hey, this is what we're doing. Look at this. Look at the construction that we're working on. Look at the hospitals we're working in. Look at the thatched huts we're working in. Look at the lives that we're working with. And they do a fantastic job of that. And I commend them for it. You know? Well, fun fact another thing that I'm currently working on, because I'm always currently working on something new, um, is exactly that. One of the really big pushes we're having right now, um, and I can't go super into detail because it's not finalized. But with our, our fundraising education outreach kind of committee that we have that I'm on currently, um, we have biweekly meetings. We have a weekly meeting for general stuff, and then we have a biweekly meeting specifically for this. And um, the next up and coming thing is going to be basically kind of a subscription newsletter slash blog. And it's going to be we're going down the road right now of kind of four major topics. And one of them is our current progress there so like the first first week every month you'll get an update about our building guinea second week will be about an article that came out third week will be or you know maybe the second week nick's going to do an article review a new article that came out he's going to do a review on it um and then the third week might be what's going on in the cdc world health world and then the last one will be you know asf internal moving forward or whatever and then fourth week or fifth week you'll get the the new four week update right so we'll have four major topics that are archived for four easy ways on the side and that'll be something that we're actually working on now to make it super easy for everybody um but you know con like anything man with blogs magazines you guys get it better than anybody i'm sure content man content 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 creation content editing content never have enough of it curation man curating Curating content is, it's a it's a beast of a job, man. And then you still have to do the editing and then put it out there and pretty it up, and it's 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 a lot. And so, um, we're working on the most efficient, productive way to get that done. Um, but just know that that is coming down the road because as you brought up, Phil, we already do a really good job as an organization to put out there where we're at, what we're doing, and everything else. But if you don't follow and get on all the time, or you don't know one of us or whatever like it's it, it's it's it can still be easy to miss right so this way you'll be able to just basically subscribe to a newsletter it'll be kind of a newsletter hybrid blog um short easy simple easy to digest pictures and it's just going to kind of be a weekly thing that goes out to let people know xyz on these things you know for in four major topic places and so we're in the we're in the creation process now of what are those four major topics? How are we going to do it? Curation. Let's get our first 
two to three for each of those lined up and started with decent real deadlines and then launching. So my hope goal, um, and I, I'm, I know that I'm saying this in front of everybody, but I've never been held to anything else I've said on here before. So I'm going to go ahead with it <laughs> is, uh, except for the discount. That's a real thing. But, um, I'm really hoping that by our October 6th, Denver first annual Asclepius Snakebite Foundation conference. It's in Denver, Colorado. We got the biggest, baddest heavy hitters. I mean, I don't want anybody who's not on the list to feel like they're left out, but I mean, we got them all, man. If you go look at that list, I don't even know. You can probably find it on Facebook and pull up the, the flyer for it right on the Snake Pet Foundation, man. Pull it up for everybody to look at. But tickets are on sale. Hotels are, are already on sale. Um, tickets are selling out fairly quick. It's at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. It's a relatively small space. We're pretty limited on tickets. And the lineup is is beast, man, from, from Nick... Brenda Hoffman, Jordan to Spencer Green, Sean Bush, Ben Abel, um, I think maybe Jeff Fobb, uh, Leslie Boyer. Like we got, we got the crew, man. And uh, it's our first annual, and we're you know we're trying to we're trying to kick it off, kick it off with a, a big bang, man. So, um, and if you can't find it, it's okay. I'm look, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure if you just go to the Facebook and go to like posts and go down just a few you'll find it and i just i just ordered a shirt and a hoodie so while we were on yeah hey man For the asf how you get money like that i need a job like that uh, i can barely afford to wear my own stuff that's not it so there's my million conversations oh but the flyer if you if you can pull up the flyer oh that's you got the whole itinerary the flyer, if you scroll up a little bit more to the Denver conference, does it not lunch. say? Lunch. That's all you care about. And for those of you curious, um, you can go to ASF's Facebook page and you can purchase uh, apparel for them through them and all the money goes to the foundation. But I just learned just now as we're doing this that now there's a, a shopping page on the ASF's actual website from Bonfire. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can buy directly from us now. Yeah. Like yeah. SF website and get, get just all your stuff. You're not getting re-navigated and all that other stuff, man. Yeah. See, I had to buy mine through Facebook. So now, now this gives me an excuse to buy more. Love it. And in fact, that was Daytona two years. That was Daytona 2019, right? Around that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Dude, I want Macasey's new book so bad. The new edition. I mean, he'll be there to sign it. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Is it all going to be like, is any of it going to be like posted onto YouTube or something afterwards? Like, is there going to be like, are they going to be recording any of these talks? You know what? To be honest, I think the way that Nick has it set up currently is that there's only like a hundred and something actual tickets available, 170, 175, okay. like that. But I think he's doing 50. Um, I think he's doing like 50 online seats as well. Okay. But I don't... Yeah, think, now that you mentioned that, I think I did see something about that. Yeah, but I don't think... So here's the hard part, man, about doing like conferences or stuff like this or whatever. Like, if you put it up afterwards, that's easy. But I was, you know, I was just talking about the same thing with like apparel stuff. Like, 
if I make it available year round, there's no rush to go get it. But if you know that shirt, as soon as, as soon as July 31 hits, Adeline's that shirt is no longer going to be available and will never bring it back. Um, it creates some urgency, right? And so in the, in the world of conferences, it's kind of the same thing. We can only sell so many tickets as much as we want to make it available. Mm -hmm. to everybody. Um, it still has to be kind of that didn't make it. So you're for sure as shit, not going to miss it next year. Because if you make it available to everybody, guess what? You don't get asses in chairs. Right. Right. And there is a I live mean, stream ticket on this line so. all the time where we want it to be available to as many people as possible. But at the same time, like if you make everything free to everybody, you know, how, how does that, how does that, well, work? I mean them being filmed after it's like, after it's done, like say you wait like a month or two until after the event has come and gone and you had your attendance or what? recording them and then having them to where you can release them and people can pay for them after the fact. So a lot of those guys, um, what I would like to see happen is a lot of those guys to basically do like a kind of a thing where they redo it. I mean, I, I don't know. I honestly haven't, haven't talked to Nick about it or it hasn't brought up to my knowledge, unless it was one of the meetings that I missed, um, that that was going to be a thing. I can, I can certainly find out uh for you guys and uh yeah, i mean there's a very good chance i'll buy one of those online tickets and just watch it while i'm at work because there's like the lineup is just that's awesome man Dude, lineup is it's a beast man and i don't well you pull up the actual you pull up the actual event but there should be a post with just like just the speakers on it yeah that's what i'm on right now uh, here i'll share it again that up, like you could show that real quick on here yeah, and anybody who's anybody who's apprehensive about doing the virtual, you know, viewing, it's a great thing because you're still your your tickets still donating to to conservation, to education, all that, and you're you're gonna be part of it. You know what I mean? I mean, you're not just gonna get the inside jokes. You're gonna learn a lot from the leading people and what we already Google on our own. You know, so. Dude, and these guys, man, like. Talks are going to be no joke talks, man. Like a, a, a few of them are going to be um, talking about, you know, what's what's going on over there and our work um, like Jordan has been doing in Africa for a while that like, mm -hmm. talks about that stuff. Um, but the stuff that Steve Mackesy is working on on uh, on an internal level with his research in, and, uh, you know, the biochemistry side of Venom um, and other speakers about snake bite medicine and pre-hospital care and proper anti-venom stuff and triage and and then it really goes into when you start getting in with like you know spencer green and sean bush and really talking about snake bite medicine they talk about cases that they've had and examples and um i mean it's it's a it's, this is going to be a full gambit of some of the world's best at what they do talking about snake and venom related stuff and how it affects the world, how it affects us um, negatively and positively from anti-venoms and research to um, world health stats and, and injuries and deaths. Um, I mean, it's all going to be there. And then just general information about cool species. And, uh, and there'll be people talking about that as well, just, you know, from the herpetology side, but um, it's really geared towards snake bite medicine. Um, I mean, even doctors and nurses can get CRMREs. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you can get continuing education stuff 
absolutely for that that's that's awesome and so and think about it man like how many doctors and nurses really want to sit there and watch a a, a two-hour video at at the firehouse when they could do that yeah. the hours yeah. right like how, how cool of an experience is that so um yeah nick was you know when when he was really helping put all this stuff together and, and making this happen um and obviously everybody jumped in and played a part right um, I keep saying Nick, but he's like my main point of contact um, right now. And uh, what, what he's been able to pull together with this thing, I think, I was like, man, are you sure you want to do all this for the first one? Like, what the fuck are you going to do on year two? You know what I mean? It's like buying your kid a Lamborghini for their six. My life motto is <laughs> under promise, over deliver. Yeah, that's, no, no, 100%. And it, it's been promised as well. So you buy your kid a you know, a Lamborghini for his 16th birthday. Like, cool. What are you going to do when they're 21 now? Like, you, you shot the whole load. Like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm just envious because, like, as much as I would love to sit in, like, you get to hobnob with the experts, like, the leading people in this realm. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm fairly certain I tricked just the right amount of people into <laughs> – I love it. I think it's great. You know, it's like even even with my countertop and construction company down here in Louisiana, right? Like I just had this conversation with the Uber driver in Schaumburg, Illinois, a couple weeks ago um, at the Schaumburg show. And I was like, don't chase the money, bro. I chased the money for so long. I try to start businesses to chase the money. And of course, I want them to make money and be successful. Of course, I'd be stupid for starting a business that didn't want that. But don't chase the money, man. I didn't really start gaining traction in the industry, gaining notoriety and respect, um, making a, a fairly decent income for what I would consider a fairly decent income, um, mostly off the countertops and stuff right now. And, and again, that was all I came down here to help people, right? I didn't come down here to try to make money off of people who were suffering. I came down here to try to make a difference and put people back in their houses that were destroyed and rebuild a community that I've never been a part of before. And uh, never, haven't, I'm not from here and I've never lived here before. And um, but you make the biggest impacts, the biggest differences and reap the most rewards every single day when you do something you're passionate about and you do it for the right reasons. And if you're doing anything because you're chasing the money, I, I, I would argue that you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And um, I think that that's kind of what helped me gain the traction, notoriety, and respect that I have in the industry is because I don't do it for that, right? Like, I don't do it for the notoriety. I come on here and I don't I don't care if I'm Brent Schultz, Brent Benhamis, Brent from Benham Life, Brent from A. Like, it doesn't matter, man. I just want to get on here and have cool conversations with cool people about cool stuff and things that matter to me and, and be passionate about that, right? Like, when I talk, you guys have heard me and seen me, when I talk about the ASF and what we're doing and, like, when my passion starts to shine, it's... It's, you know, people tell me it's contagious. People are like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, the list is actually fairly long. Um, so I just tell people I inspire people to do what inspires them, right? And uh, that's some, that whole, that whole spiel you just gave is some Gary V shit. Justin, you need to write that down because that's the clip for tomorrow. That shit's, I love it, man. I fucking love it. But go on, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I was going to say like, and that's the thing too, right? Like I, I study those guys, man. Like everybody, 
you, you can see all my books over here. It's it's not a small bookshelf. P.S. Like it's. Oh, and we we keep saying we gotta get you into we gotta get you into Billy's book club too. Because because oh. I know you got books that we've never seen. So. The Dartha Lapis School for Kids Who Can't Read Good. <laughs> Profit first. I got signed. I got signed books by Damon Johns. Man, Rise and Grind. Damon John from Shark Tank, the FUBU creator. Uh, I have a signed book from him, man. I got a, a bunch of stuff from Tim Ferriss and Aubrey Marcus and Gary Vee. I have all of his books. Um, and I, I study that stuff, man. I do that stuff as often as I can. I read that stuff, man. I try to read a book a month, um, if not two books a month, and then do at least one or two on Audible. You know, put me to, put me to a book a week while I'm driving, traveling at the airport, in an Uber, um, on a plane, like just doing knocking out audible books, man. And um, I think it's super important. And again, for me personally, like I think that that's attributed to a lot of my successes as well is I never stopped learning, man. Like I don't like to be called an expert in anything. Uh, you know, and, and Jen and I had this conversation today. We had the whole conversation about what it means to be an expert. And I'm like, technically it means you have 10,000 hours in something professionally. Um, a lot of us have surpassed that in a lot of things that we're doing, but I don't, like the term expert in my in my mind it's like i don't want to be an expert i don't want to know everything that i i can i always want to know more right and that's what keeps me hungry man and and wanting to grow wanting to learn from youtube videos to i'm like oh that's cool how does that work oh i want to link up this with my shopify store how does that work and i just start reading articles and looking at stuff and um and then being a part of the organizations right i still need to keep up on on a lot of the medicine stuff and I need to keep up on the tactical training stuff. And I need to keep up on all of these things where I'm, I'm always looking for new articles and Phil, you've sent me a few cool articles, man. And, uh, and I love that sharing articles back and forth and, um, yeah, dude, book clubs. Like I put out there to even a few of my girlfriends, man, uh, my girl Paige and, and Megan, I was like, let's start a book club. Like, let's just do a book together. And once a week we FaceTime for an hour, we'll read one chapter. I can read my other books on my own time, but I'll get one chapter done that week. We'll get together with a glass of red wine, FaceTime, and talk about what we thought about that. Like, I'm 100% down for that. It's awesome. It's positivity, great. Positivity, growth. And I think that that's where the drive and the passion sits and lies continuously, man, because I can't tell you guys how many times I've, I've talked to people that have been like, oh, yeah, we saw like, you know, 37 ringnecks a day. After like seven, I just stopped. And I'm like, why? Every ringneck is cool. Like, they're all cool, man. Like, I would stop for all of them. They're all cool. Um, but Except lot, black racers, those can go to hell. Right, but I still think they're all cool. You don't have to catch all of them. Just sit and watch them, man. Watch, yeah. them. Uh, watch them as they disappear in the opposite direction. Yeah, well, that's like Dominique and her friend are down by my neck of the woods for the long weekend. And, uh, you know, Anna Marie and I took her them out uh, Saturday night. Well, yeah, Saturday night. And... We must have seen at least 20 different Nerodia, uh, Bandits, Floridas, Greens, Browns, and at least 20 of them. And it got to the point where it was like, all right, we don't need to get out of the car. We don't need to take pictures, but let's all at least lean out the window and look at it and then keep going. Because yeah. you, you got to look at them all, man. You got to appreciate it all. Just having the appreciation, right? And it's like, I'm not saying that if I saw 350 of the same snake in a day, which I have before... Um, that it wouldn't get slightly redundant and or boring. And I'm ready for new shit just as much as the next guy. But it's it's having the mentality of being like, these are all super cool. 
And, and when you bring that into everything that you do, you bring it into business, you bring it into podcasts, you bring it into your stuff. Like, like Justin might get sick of doing so many articles on well, me or somebody, you know, <laughs> or I mean on any one thing. Right. And he's like, but every, every Condra thing that he reads or does, like he's, he has that appreciation for Condra, right? You could write about those things all day, every day and essentially not get sick of it as long as you're talking about different things here and there. Right. And sure. that appreciation and everything, I think it's a mentality that has to be trained and practiced. It takes years to practice to get that. But once you have that for everything, you're never sad. You're never disappointed. You're never angry. You're never stressed out. It's just, you can find gratitude and appreciation in everything. Right. And not to go too far down, like the whole, like yoga, meditation, rabbit hole, whatever, but that type of mentality, man, you bring that into everything that you do. You live your best life, man. You live your best life in business. You live your best life with your family and your relationships with your friendships. And I think that that's really kind of where the secret lies in the whole enlightenment thing that, you know, they try to teach in Buddhism and everything else is it really comes down to finding the great in every situation. You know, Cole, he said earlier um, that he saw me at Schomburg having some conversations with kids, man. And um, he brought, he posted that up earlier and I did. I met a kid that was a, he was a big fan of ours and everything else. And I actually pulled him aside. I was with him and his parents and, and I, I'll never forget it, man. I, I got chills just thinking about it. Um, I mean, his, his dad was standing behind him and he was just walking in circles, wiping his tears. And they, they came up and thanked me probably 10 times that weekend. They're like that, that's the kind of stuff that will change a kid's life. That's the kind of stuff that they'll remember forever. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we need. You're the kind of people, and those are the kind of you know information and, and conversations we need for young people in this in this industry. You know, not the stuff you see on Instagram, not that stuff, but meaningful stuff, man. And I'm like, don't ever stop believing in your dreams. You know, I told them I was a high school dropout, and I was a musician and joined a band and all that stuff. But I was like, you know, I decided at 30 years old that I wanted to get back into this, and this is what I wanted to do, and I went full force, man. And now I'm. A, still trying to figure out why but you know a well-respected well-known person in this industry um i got my hands in a bunch of different pots i'm always working on new stuff but i think it really comes down to the fact that everything that i do i do with a purpose and for the right quote unquote right reasons right and i think yeah. difference maker man so i'm yeah. just out there for everybody else from gary v and all those other guys man i study those because I take that mentality into everything that I do and think that that has helped mold my, my career um, and my place in this industry. And I think that I have the same opportunity to help do that for others. And I would be silly and or stupid not to take the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of mundane compared to what you just said, but what's that? Say it again. And not to mention super selfish. <laughs> the uh, not to, uh, you know, change topics or anything but going back to like like learning as much as you can I, i'm an iphone guy right i just recently learned about the siri speak feature so you can highlight a section of text on your phone and then instead of doing like copy or paste you just click speak you may have to go in your settings to turn on and siri will read it to you Why? so i can't yeah i can't tell you how many times i've been you know messing around at home before work i find a scientific paper or a journal or just some blog or something. And I'm like, Oh man, I, I got to get out of the house. I got to go to work. And I just do Siri speak. And I just listen to my car. 
or like right. listen as I'm walking around doing chores at home or whatever. Like but while I'm when I'm while I'm while I'm trimming my beard, I'll just have it off. Yeah. I'm like reading a article from ResearchGate, and the pronunciation is highly impressive. She gets most. Right. Yeah, she does. She really does. But no, that's a really good point, man. And I think, like I said, man, people are like, you know, how do you know so much about so much? And I'm like, because I'm always learning, man. Like I, I'm learning about all kinds of stuff all the time. And I want to. I do book after book after book, man, from team of teams and leadership to building your brand all the way down to just like rise and grind um, entrepreneurial books to marketing books to and you can see over here, man, I was just looking at this yesterday. I just got this out for fun. Um, and I skimmed through it for about three hours because it was cool. Animal skulls. That's and awesome. North American species. And it's literally how to identify pretty much every North American species of animal just by their skull context. From That's their, awesome. Their foramen are to different... Um, different points that stick out and i mean it's literally like the whole book man is just points wow he identifying characteristics um so i'm i'm going back through this i'm like oh yeah sigma that's the hispid cotton rat like i remember that from mammalogy and the key characteristics and then you get into like geomies you know and it's like you can tell the three species of geomies the um gophers mm -hmm. in the u.s just by their striations on their teeth they're two front teeth they all three have different striations on their teeth you don't need anything more than that front tooth and you can tell the whole animal from from the rest right so like i'm always just going back and reviewing and, and reciting and i'll yeah. tell you trick to remembering all this stuff and being able to use it effectively is always talking about it volunteering yeah. boy scouts volunteering at girl scouts volunteering at the rotary center doing conversations talking on podcasts doing articles um doing at conferences, whether I'm on stage or in the crowd, I'm always having these conversations with people or, um, become an, I'm an instructor. Well, I haven't been for the last couple of years because of the uh, COVID thing, but up until 2019, I was, uh, a becoming an outdoors woman instructor. I teach courses for becoming, wow. an and I've done everything from snake courses that were four hour longs to, um, bats. And I've done courses. Um, all these things, right, for becoming an outdoors woman. And I think just getting out there and using your knowledge, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? It's like a language. Sure, sure. Using your knowledge, I think, is super important. And that's where a lot of us want to be, and I say a lot of us industry-wide, um, because I, I hate because I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I, I will say that I think a lot of us want to be the smartest ones in the room. So we rely on other people's ignorance for us Absolutely. to be smart. And, and I'll tell you right now, ignorance, um, and, and to be fair, part of the ignorant thing in, in all of our industry, in all industries, really, I call it um, hereditary ignorance. Like that's basically like a, a social standing where some people will just never be exposed to that. Um, but the reality is, if somebody ever tells me somebody's ignorant, fuck them. That's, that's, that's on them. Because in order by definition for you to know that somebody else is ignorant, if I think that Phil's ignorant to something, that means I have information Phil doesn't. And if I didn't have information Phil didn't, I wouldn't know he was ignorant because we'd both be ignorant. Justin would be the only one in the room that knew it. But if I think that he's ignorant, that means I have information he doesn't. And by me not sharing that information with him, I'm, I'm basically helping him stay at an ignorant level 
And the only yeah. reason I do that is for selfish reasons. So the fact that we're not sharing more better information, keeping all these industry secrets, this and that, I think is a, is a crazy thing, man. And that's what I'm trying to help stimulate by saying, I know a lot of shit about a lot of shit and I'm happy to share any of it and all of it with everybody because all we're doing is breeding a better industry, creating a better opportunity for the young kids that are coming up here and ridding ourselves and our entire industry of stupidity all at the same time. And why somebody would actively go against any one of those three things. Basically at that point, I don't even want to be your friend. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It why just would, doesn't. Why would you actively go out of your way to make sure that yeah. somebody else was doing worse off than you? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would infinitely rather have someone appreciate. How do I phrase this? If I found that someone didn't know something and would and, and was curious about it and I happened to know it, first of all, I'm not going to hold that against him like, oh, I, I know more than you. I'm going to teach you something. How dare you not know? Yeah, exactly. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give them that knowledge because I know that, first of all, it feels good to, to help somebody out. But the fact that I gave it to them, they're going to give it to somebody else and it snowballs. And like, that's what it's about, man. Especially yeah. in terms of like live animals. Yeah, exactly. Like if like, someone says, Hey, I have this snake, I'll use chondros as an example because it's happened a lot for me. Like people message me with questions with chondros, like my chondro is doing the X, Y, and Z. Okay, I lost one for that very same reason. Here's what you should do to like it's I already messed up. Learn from my mistake. That's it, man. That's exactly it. And we need more of that. I know that we're like that, but and I say this every time I'm on, you guys know me well enough to know that we're already getting on this conversation, that this, this is what I try to do, man, is just breathe these conversations and be able to have people like reach out, man. Like, honestly, if anybody wants to reach out, Google me. I'm on, I'm like the first one and a half pages on Google and half of those websites have my personal cell phone number on them. I'm not a hard guy to reach, right? Like, like you could yeah. free of separation from everybody in the world. And <laughs> And just do that. Reach out, man. Text me personally. I don't care. It doesn't have to be through Facebook, or whatever. But don't ever feel like I'm gonna think that you're stupid or stupid. Because here's the reality: I know a lot more about a lot of things than a lot of people. But there is infinitely more things that I don't know. Yeah. Is because I'm not an asshole, and because I share information with people, and because I spend my time and energy trying to bring up other people and the industry as a whole. I have basically. If I don't know, I know the guy who does. Yeah, right. And and dude, it's it's a karma thing too, man. Like me helping someone else learn something grants me the ability to learn more. And I mean that in itself is selfish, but it's it it's not, but it is because I get to get something out of it. I get the knowledge out of it, but I'm also sharing it. Dude, and that's again, that's how I. Yeah. Remember, that's why I remember tens of thousands of scientific names of insects and plants and all that stuff from years and years and years ago i still use it because i still i still talk about plants and insects and i you know i saw a luna moth last night and they're off like lighting fireworks and i'm you know spitting off the family names you know, saturnia day and all these <laughs> i still use them all the time entomology is my second love most people don't even know that yeah. but I books up here on on plant i got probably 10 books on butterflies and eight books on plants and i'm into all that stuff too right but here's the thing when you, when you don't use it, you lose it. And that's a real thing for all of it. More importantly, when I was in college, 
I went to school from 30 to 34 to get my biology degree, emphasis in zoology. Um, we had a new professor my sophomore year. We had a new professor in plant taxonomy. I got like 120 in that class. And uh, he was, hadn't been there long enough to have any grad students. So he's like, hey, man, you killed it. You're smart. You're professional. You're older than everybody else. Um, you're well-spoken. I would really appreciate it if you could teach my labs. So for two years as an undergraduate, I taught plant taxonomy. <laughs> wow. And I had <laughs> graduate students in my class. That's awesome. Jeez. But what's really cool about that is I learned, I'm telling you guys right now, I learned way more as a teacher than I ever did as a student. And I think that that's true for everything. I would teach people, I would put together every study group for every class from entomology to mammalogy to ornithology, aquatic ecology, herpetology. I would put together all of the study groups and we get together 10, 10 o'clock at night, three nights a week and, and study together in the lab. And the reason I did that was because then they all looked up to me as the older one, whatever, to, to help them figure it out. You know, I'm probably 10, 15 years old than most of these kids for sure. Actually, I was probably 15 year old, 15 years older than the graduate students at the time. Um, but what was crazy about that for me was I would have never have gotten through my degree with the GPA that I got without that. Right. Because I would tell people all the time, you don't truly know a subject until you can explain it in three different ways. I need to be able to explain it so I understand it. I need to be able to explain it so that Justin understands it because he's a visual learner. And I need to explain it how Phil understands it because he's not as good with Latin as the rest of us, right? And so like that kind of memorization, mnemonics, things like that. But once you can explain anything in three different ways, that's when you truly know the subject matter. And in order to be When's the last time you guys, you know, think about when you guys were doing anything with school or whatever, and you had that one teacher that explained it a different way. And all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, if they would have said that, yep. that, that would have made so much more sense. How many, how many times I had a And that's how you truly know that you, you have it. So bring that back to the industry, know your shit and talk about it, tell people about it, share it, educate people because you will become better at what you do a hundred times over by being an educator for others in the industry on your, your like subject, then you will being the one guy with all the information who can't figure out why nobody wants to buy your $38,000 ball Python. Cause you have a fucking secret that nobody else does. Right. Yeah. That, uh, that, that carrot doesn't really, doesn't really work anymore. Like that carrot and stick is kind of, kind of broken at this point. Cause there's nobody, guaranteed to be nobody. someone else doing the same thing. Nobody, that's probably willing to help even more. I talk about Venom Life and our purpose and our cause all the time with our partnerships and the ASF and everything else. That's one of the reasons we gained so much support right off the bat. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a branding, like marketing ploy because I actually give a shit. But it helped exponentially. And, and everybody already knows that, so I don't mind saying it. Alternatively, people want to support things that they know and understand. Yeah. And if people know that you're your snake's $300 more than everybody else's, but you guaranteed $200 to feeding America off of every snake. You might just be helping your own industry by talking about what you're doing. But the fact that everybody wants to be the smartest guy in the room, they're, they're cutting their own nose off to spite their face. And I just want to see less of it. 
Phil, you were going to say something, probably not important. What were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I took note that uh, I've been muting myself because for whatever reason, every time Justin or, Justin or I speak, it cuts out your microphone. I was like, oh, fuck, I fucked them up. But no, I was going to say is you're talking about the professors and explaining it through different ways. And like, that's a brilliant way to think about it because like, I mean, I like to consider myself a, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an analogy junkie, you know what I mean? And that that is a great way to think of it. How many times, I mean, college for me was a long time ago, but how many times I had a professor that could not do that? And it was like, look, you get, you don't get A, B, and C. You just get A. If you don't know A, then tough shit. And like how many times, yeah, how many times I wished that person could explain it in a different way, you know, so I wouldn't have to come up with my own analogy for it. And it just, it's just goes back to what you're saying. I had one of those professors. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was college algebra maybe. And so like the first, first day of class, he's, he was Japanese. Like English was not his first language. And so we all come to class and first thing he starts doing is like simple subtraction that you would learn in the second grade. And so we're all kind of looking at each other like, what is this guy doing? And then he moved on to like addition and then he did multiplication and he did division. And then he eventually like it all made sense because he took all that and every time he did it, he just added something to it. And so by the end of like, you know, a week or whatever, we went from doing just simple stuff that you kind of laughed at because it was like I did this when I was, you know, seven so now you're doing like complex equations because he rolled it all like when he took it all the way back to the beginning. Like, yeah, you know, other professors or whatever might have started you out high school level something. This guy like literally back to zero. But it all made so much more sense when he did that. Yeah, And it was like I'd never seen anything like it. And yeah. And think about how many think about something like that. Like you obviously didn't go to school for mathematics, right? Hell but. No. But when was when was the last time you really did like simple addition, like fifteen years before college, ten years before college, per per se, right? And for me, I went really really slow in college. It took me multi. It took me four years to do an AA, not because I'm medial, yeah, not because I'm dumb, just because I was working and took my time and everything else. But I would have loved to have a system like that where it's like, hey, look, we're gonna like you said, ground zero. And build a foundation from there so it all makes sense. But then I had a chemistry professor that was that professor that was like, here's how I'm going to explain it. Even if I ex- try to explain it to you and break it down to you another way, it's not going to make sense. Like it was like, it's just one. he was one of those people where he was like too smart to teach. Yeah. Like he knew how to do it, but for him to explain it to other people seemed to be very difficult. And he was very stern and he was an ass and he got bit by a dog one day and he came in with his hand all bandaged up and I thought it was great. He was horrible. He was the worst, dude. But you still remember both of those things, man. And when I brought it up to be able to be able to explain something in three different ways, and that's how you really, truly know the subject matter, man. Like, think about it. If you're trying to explain to somebody um, anything, literally anything, like analogies, we've done so many analogies on here together, the three of us, that is crazy. It's usually boats and hoes, or was it boats and guns? Here's your boats. Fucking both. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, we, we talk about this stuff all the time, but the reality is, like, if you really want to be able to get through to people and, and be a good educator in any way, shape, or form, in any industry, you have to be able to explain things in different ways and be able to backtrack and be like, all right, so he, clearly he's not understanding that. What if I said it this way, right? One of the examples I like to explain to people, like, in math, 
I like to blow their mind. And I'm like, all right, so, you know, two plus two equals four, two plus two equals 11. Which one is correct? And they're like, well, duh, two plus two equals four. And I'm like, cool. You're right in base 10. But in base three math, two plus two is 11. See, we have this one standard that everybody was taught. And this is how our universe works, our industry works, our math works, our school system works, our work system works, the corporate ladder works, our legal system works, is we all are basing this all off of a base 10 math system. Where once you get to 10, you go zero through nine, and then you start over and just add a one in front of it. And then you go one something, zero through nine, and then add a two in front of it. That's a base 10 math system. Zero through nine is the base, base 10. So in a base three, you have zero, one, two, 10, 11, 12, 20, 21, 22. That's a base three math system. You only have three base numbers. So two plus two is 11 in a base three. So if you don't like the rules of the game you're playing, you don't like the rules of the industry, change the fucking rules, man. Start working in a base three, not working in a base 10. It's still a real thing. It's still real math, right? And that's the mentality that I try to bring into things. But you also have to be able to explain that to people in a way that makes sense. Dude, the ancient Egyptians had a 64, a base 64 math system. Think about that. We have a base 10. At 10, we start over. They counted zero through 64 before they started over again. That's crazy. Yeah. um, It's because they had aliens to help them. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly what it was. That's how the the pyramids were built, dude. Don't you know? I think those were just giant abacuses that that were petrified. Aliens. Abacus had to be to do a base 64 math system. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's but, awesome. And like being able to explain things in different ways and, and really analogies, man, analogies and mnemonics is where it's at. And, um, and I'm glad that you brought that up. You're an analogy junkie because we've had so many on here, but I think that it really comes down to that, man. Like we need more of that in the industry. We need more people stepping up saying, I want everybody who does this snake to have this knowledge to go out there and get it and get it the best they can. Um, and they're not, they're, they're, they're just, a lot of people are, and I don't say everybody, um, but a lot of people are hoarding information because they want to be the smartest one in the room. They want to be the best. Hey, well, and it's not even, it's not even, not to cut you off, it's not even the smartest one in the room per se. It's, I was fascinated with species A. Uh, nobody had it. Nobody cared about it. I took the time. I took the energy, the, 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 the work involved to bring it to fruition and breed it and keep it successfully with husbandry and everything. So why am I going to give all that information out? They should work for it. And like, you know, we talked about this with Eric Burke a bunch is that he has no problem giving the information. If the person is willing to know it's when they email Justin and say, how do I get chondros to breed? I just bought an adult pair. Well, no, do a little Googling, you know, do your own little research and Help then yourself the, first, get, then come yeah, to me if they, you cannot answer that question. Right, exactly. And there's a difference between the person bogarting the information because they want to monopolize on it or someone who is just being being right. lazy or what have you know what I mean? So let's so let's jump back to what Justin said earlier. We'll go back to our educational example and we're gonna get in all three. We're gonna talk about his example with the math teacher, my my push for 
the education in the community and your analogy junkie lifestyle. Yes, yes. Let's say somebody gets a snake um, and they want to learn how to keep it or somebody wants to learn how to breed chondras and somebody wants to learn how to breed chondras that only a couple of people have been able to do. Okay. Let's just say that that was a real thing. And they called you up and said that you now have the opportunity to analogy style, right? You now have the opportunity to say, all right, let's just start with the simple math. Like, let's just work on keeping it for now. Like right. and humidity, the, the lighting. Because the... I mean, that should be a prerequisite to breeding is like you're keeping I... a species successfully before you start making more of them. Analogy wise, somebody's calling you up and saying, hey, man, teach me derivatives. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, bro, bro, this is uh, this is this is calculus. You should probably start at algebra 101. Like, that's totally fair. But that doesn't mean that you need to be the guy that's like, hey, man, I need to uh, I really, you know, your neighbor comes over and he's like, hey, I my car won't start. I think I need to change the battery, but I don't know how to actually I've never actually changed my own battery before. You're like, bitch. I'm ASE certified. I went to school for this for 15 years. Change your own battery. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. <laughs> that's that's very very good. But I'm just saying, like, okay, yeah. cool for that. So, but would you go to your neighbor and be like, bro, like, no, man, it took me 20 years of, of and 65 thousand dollars in my tool chest of worth of tools to get where I'm at. Figure out your own windshield wipers. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. But the problem is. But the, but the problem is, it's not, hey, how do I change my car battery? Because the guy would say, hey, come over. I'll show you how. It takes two seconds. It's, hey, man, you're a, you're a certified. Um, I got to do a tranny swap. Um, can you just tell me in like 20, 30 minutes? Right. That's the difference. And it's like, you're like right. and, and part of me is, is thinking, well, I don't have the time resources. You don't have the capabilities, the tools to do this. So why am I even going to entertain it? But I, I don't do that. I say, look, man, that's not something we can, you know, text over. You yeah. know what I mean? And go from there. Um, I, I, I like get the, the care sheet in the comments thing. Like that's right. That's the care not sheet, exactly yeah. something we can just throw out there in five minutes. Like yeah, the more exactly. you want to do it, now, then just temps, humidity, you're done. You know? Yeah. I now I, again we talk about how like let's say I'm that chondro guy and I and I say, all right, I want to get this rare chondros. Oh, first of all yeah they're a good, they're a good example great they example. are well, well what i was gonna say is because we all keep a wide assortment of species we all work with a wide assortment of species whether it be fish or birds or reptiles or what have you or, or mammals um we tend to say oh i've kept x y and z so i'll just get into this and i'll, I'll learn as i go or better yet we forget that we or we didn't acknowledge that we don't know how to keep this but we're excited about it and we maybe we fall into it maybe the price was right and we struck when the iron was hot so like for example coleonics geckos i think coleonics geckos are awesome local shop to me had them i don't know anything about them shy of what they are and where they come from so i messaged chris Panshop. chris Panshop sent me legit good info but i stopped myself because i was gonna say let's use an analogy uh, uh forklifts okay forklifts are not that easy to drive but millions of people operate them daily right it's not hard to learn you just have to learn so i've been driving a sedan my whole life and i just went out and bought a forklift chris teach me how to drive a forklift 
And it's like, well, no, no, I, I, I can't do that. But he gave me the forklift manual. Right. And that is what I liked. That's it, man. It's, it's the key to the information, right? Open it up. Right. People ask me, like, and, and trust me, you guys know me well enough now to know that, like, I get countless emails every year to my 17 emails I have. Countless emails every single year that are like, hey, I'm new to keeping venomous or I want to start keeping venomous. How do I do that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> in your area who's willing to train you, who knows what they're talking about. And and that's, you know, tell me what their name is and I'll tell you if, if I think they're worth a the shit. Um, and that's the best I could do because you're not, this is, it's, 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 being in the venomous industry, it's not hard to get venomous snakes. It's hard to be an active member um, without a bad name in the venomous industry. That is hard to do. And, and basically, unless you work with and or mentor under the best of the best, nobody takes you seriously. And um, that's, that's how you basically separate the men from the boys. And, and so, you know, for that analogy too, it's like, I don't need you to teach me how to speak Spanish. But if you can tell me if Rosetta Stone or Speakify is better, which one you think would be easier, and then practice with me every once in a while, like every other week we get together for an hour and I can practice, that would be cool. And I'm like, that's a realistic expectation. You bring up a good point. Both of you guys brought up a good point. I'm over bragging about, you know, how more people need to give information, give information, give information. Alternatively, you're not wrong. More people in this industry, especially the newbies, need to accept the fact that sometimes you just don't know what you just don't know. And that's okay. More that, is, that is a very large sort of problem. You're absolutely right. Being able to say, I don't know, seems to be an increasingly hard thing for well, people to do make, in general, not even just in reptiles, but the right. internet, you know, the internet age has brought on this, this fear of saying, I don't know. But in the rep, you're absolutely right. But in the reptile, it's, it's an ego thing, right? There's two things that we do every single day as human beings. We try to look good and we try to avoid looking bad. Those are the two things we do all day, every single day. I'd agree. The shape of your glasses to the hat pin, to the type of thing, to your background, to my setup behind me to me doing my hair before this because I went in the water yesterday for 4th of July on the boat and I still haven't showered. Like all those things, <laughs> all those things, man, we're human beings. Name one, one thing you've actively done that you weren't trying to look good or B, avoid looking bad in some way, shape or form. Sleeping. That's, that's not true because you got pictures of me looking horrible. And to be super actively, that's an inactive thing right to be clear so i'm just saying and and we don't yeah you're you're right you're right but what like dude everything we do man from like the bracelets we wear to the type of mic you have like where it's at in the shot like all these things right and i'm not blasting anybody but all of us none of us want to look bad it takes a special kind of person to say i i don't know man i don't know and here's the reality. My favorite part about this whole part of the conversation is those are the ones who learn the least and grow the slowest. Right? Like Yeah, that, it's the Dunning Dunning Kruger effect, man. Absolutely right. Like if you picture a circle 
and a teeny tiny little pencil dot in the middle, that's, that's how much we know out of everything there is in the universe. And you split that into a pie and you're like, this is what you know you know. This is what you know you don't know. And then there's things that you know you don't know and everything else is basically what you don't know you don't know. Like, you know you know about chondrites. Mm -hmm. You know you don't know how to change the transmission, right? So those are those are going to the two categories. There's something you know you know and something you know you don't know. But there's things that like alien life on other planets that actually exist that you didn't know that you didn't know until I just brought it up. Like that's right. that you didn't even know existed until I just said it. That's pretty much everything in the world. So to think that you know everything or most everything about anything is super egotistical in my opinion. And the people who say, dude, look at every, we were talking earlier about Gary Vee and Damon Johns and those guys, right? Some right. of the best, the guys that paved the way for the best business, they're writing all the books, they're doing all the money, they're like some of the best motivational people in the world for personal development, business development, things like that. Every single one of them has a story about how they're like, I want to know how to do that. But I know I'm not getting paid to do it. So they'll call up the best guy in the industry and be like, hey, bro, will you just let me work for you for a year for free? And that's how the most successful people in the world became the most successful people in the world. Look at it. 80%. That's a two-way street as well. 100%. Because it requires that other person to say, yes, I will teach you everything I know and let you potentially become a competitor that then potentially takes money away from me. Yeah. It is. But at the same time, I mean, competition is good. Competition is healthy, right? It can mm -hmm. be. Um, but here's the reality, man. It's because the most successful people in the world are always giving mm -hmm. money, philanthropy, information, some sort of a foundation. Like, you look at it. The richest, most successful people in the world are always doing something to make the world a better place. And I think that it comes all the way down to that too, like giving information, right? Like even what you guys were talking about with giving information. I don't expect you to give all your secrets for all your hard work, for all of your conjure stuff that you've done for the last 20 years. But if somebody calls you up and says, listen, man, I want to keep these things, but I know I don't know how. Like, let me give you the quick starter kit, right? Here's here's some Here's, some here's the books to buy. Here's Good. the people to pay attention uh, to. Yeah. And that's good enough, man. And like, and in the venomous industry, you're never just going to walk into a venom lab and get paid, period. Like, you have to be trained by one of the best that's already out there doing it to be able to even be considered for that, that, that job. Like, you have to be. And so I think that there's a good way that people could still hold on to their family secrets. How many times on tonight alone have I been like, yeah, dude, like, super cool shit, but I can't talk about it. Like, like secrets, secrets can still be secrets, but giving information, man, like, but here's where you can find out more about what we do. Here's where you can actually play a part. Here's how you can donate. Here's how you can help. Here's how you can whatever. Just give the information, man, because if you don't know, like with you guys, man, oh, you want an awesome resource? Check out the magazine, watch the podcast, 
But if nobody talks about it, you're just two dudes with way too many videos. Yeah. Yeah. You think we yeah. still might be that? But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're getting there. Yeah. But- know, that's that's made with Condros in particular. Like when I got a lot of the same question, I made a video about it. And then when I got that question again, I said, hey, I made a video about this. Check it out. And yeah. if you have any more questions yeah. afterwards, hit me up. And that yeah. made things so much easier than having to type out the same thing, you know, 50 different times. It's like I made a video explaining how I do it. This may not be how other people do it. This is just what works for me currently. Check it out. You know, and it's that's been a that's been a big help, I think. Yeah. It's made I, my life a lot easier. Well, that's exactly right. But you want to help them out at the same time. And I think that's where that mm-hmm. official two-way street comes in is if more people were willing to give information to help themselves in the industry and more people were willing to admit that they didn't know as much as they thought they did and ask for help in a realistic sense, um, we, we could change a lot of things. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the, the shitty laws that we have for certain things in certain places is based on those two types of mentalities not working together and creating stupidity. I don't think that has to be a thing. I don't think that chronic stupidity or ignorance or anything in any industry has to be a thing. Yeah. But yeah. it takes work on everybody's part. So I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, I think that we need more people, like I say, you know, wanting to be out there educating and do whatever, but you're right. If I answered every single email to the T of information of how to work with venomous animals professionally, I literally wouldn't get anything else done. Well, you would have links to venomous etiquette videos. Right. If there were actually some that were put out. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. However, uh, there will be. Yeah, and that's just, for me, that's... Like, I don't consider myself a terribly social person. Like, I'm not going to actively go into Facebook groups and be like, hey, if anybody needs any help, please blow up my phone, blow up my email. Like, I prefer a much more passive form of education, be it videos, be it this magazine, like, to where if someone asks me a question, it's like, okay, we talked about that with Brent, like, the first time we had him on, link him to that episode. And once again, you know, if you have any questions or you need anything elaborated on, let me know. Like I have no, no issues answering questions and stuff like that. I just, yeah. to me, like the passive way about it is, is much, it's more my speed. That's more sort of my wavelength. I think, no, I think, and, and, and that's smart, man. I think everybody, everybody has a different way of learning. Everybody has a different way of teaching. And, um, and we all have different amounts of time and availability for and, mm-hmm. and limited knowledge and resources, right? All of us do, whether we want to admit it or not. So I, I think that those are all fair points. I guess my main point is that, if more people wanted, if more people wanted to be better, and more people were willing to not always have to be the best, we could really work together to help each other out. Man, I really think that we could, and I think that it really comes from a driving force of people wanting to be better. Not that everybody just wants to jump in and be the best. Everybody just wants to win it, like jump in and be like. Well, I, I, I elevator to the top. I want to be on it and go straight there. And it's not like that, dude. Like I started my journey on personal development and business and everything else in 2015. Um, shortly after I started my college career at 30 and 
I've done, fuck, dude, well over. I mean, last year alone, I did 72 books in 52 weeks. And that includes 54 of those being on Audible. Gnarly. But, Kudos to you, man. And, and a lot of them were, were books on, thank you, but a lot of those were books on personal and professional development and things like that. And I'm not trying to be on here being a Tony Robbins or anything like that, right? And I don't get paid for any of that shit. And I, but I do like to inspire people to do what inspires them. And I'm telling you right now from personal experience, when you, when you know more than everybody else and you don't want to get better and grow as a person or grow as a business or grow whatever, you're not going to grow. You're not going to, right? So I think it's super important that people want to get better, want to become better versions of themselves, better at their craft, better at their industry, whatever, and in turn, help bring up the industry with them. Like, you know, Kabilko is a good point. He's a, he's a great example. That dude crushes it on ball pythons. I think he's probably held to one of the highest world standards on ball pythons, man. I, th I think he really is. Um, and, you know, if somebody reaches out and they're like, hey, like, how do you get started? He'll be like, slowly, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah. But and none of that was done overnight. No, by any means. None of that was done over a year, you know? But he still isn't the kind of guy where he's like, he'll still take a couple minutes to respond to messages, you know? Yeah. It's important to him because... Um, it's okay to be really, really good at your craft. And at the same time, help other people be good too, man. Not to mention, not all of us are going to be here doing this all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there's a whole other generation coming up behind us and everything that we're doing from podcasting to magazines, to venomous stuff, to snake hooks, to education, to cigars. There's a whole other generation coming up behind us, man. And like, how cool would it be for that to be your legacy? Like I learned mm -hmm. the best of the best, right? Because you're really good at what you do and you help people learn. Like that's a pretty cool thing to think about because at the end of the day, if you're just the asshole had the $38,000 snakes who actually sold some every once in a while, nobody cares when you're gone. man. Mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there. They'll just be like, good, good thing. I don't have to have a booth next to that asshole. Anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I met that guy once. He was a jerk. Super, I, I know I just talked about Kaboko and I'm not talking about him to be super clear. No, no, no I, I wasn't either, but yeah. But as an example, like nobody wants that, like, right? That's what you want. Come on, man. Be here for the greater good. Let's, let's, I, let's unite this and really educate people and talk about yeah. the real people. Well, it's also, I mean, personally for me, it's, it's remembering that there was a point in time where I was in the, that same position. I was new to podcasting and didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was new to Condros and had no idea what I was doing. You know, like everyone was even there was a point in time where, you know, Picasso picked up a paintbrush for the first time. Yeah. Like we were all at some point completely green. Yeah. I'll tell you a story that I don't think I've ever told anyone and not because I'm ashamed of it, just because it just hasn't come up. But I just remembered what my late mentor, um, he's the one who got me on like taxonomy and, 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 you know, physical nomenclature and all that stuff. And, and he was super, super old school in his, in his, everything he did, he collected fossils, but the guy was, was a genius, but extremely humble. And he was so excited because he had just gotten um, 
newest spittle apps and actually the one the ones that ryan reed and i shared yeah. you know and uh these were they were tiny little worms and he had them in 10 gallon tank and he had them set up all nice and stuff and he's like oh i just got these the spittle apps are from a breeder and blah blah, blah. Just, feel free to take a look and i was young and dumb i think i was like 19 and i opened the lid and i reach in and i pick up the deli cup because in my mind i thought it was something else and this thing goes and hoods up and i was just like oh he goes what are you doing i said i i, I didn't realize that it was something else he goes he goes yeah man if, if you don't know you gotta ask yeah and I'll, I'll never forget that and that's why i have no problem i'm i'm i have no problem pulling over and asking a gas station for directions now Dominique will make fun of me because I got really mad at the GPS the other night and I had to U-turn twice, but that's <laughs> that's a whole other story. But I have no problem asking for help because you have to, if you don't know. And then I get to learn it, right? That's what we're talking about. Exactly right. The people that admit that they don't know something end up being the smartest ones. Because the ones who know they don't know are the ones that go searching for answers. And those who search for the most answers ultimately have the most information. So if yeah. ultimately your goal is to be an athlete, keep doing what you're doing. If ultimately your goal is to be the smartest person in the room or the top guy in your industry, ask the most amount of questions, be the most humble, admit wholeheartedly that you're not the smartest guy in the room and you will far surpass 90 to 95% of the people within your industry and or field. Because I'm telling you right now, man, science in general, everybody knows about science. You know what science is? Asking questions. The more questions you ask, the more answers you get. And thinking you have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and that's the, the cool thing about science too is like nothing's proven in science. The only thing we prove in science is that something is untrue. Things mm -hmm. are proven in science they're only disproven and whatever you just proved in science is only true and proven until the next fucking guy disproves it everything in science is only true until it's disproven like rhinos being in ganyasoma we don't prove anything we only disprove things in science and so what makes everybody else in in you know within the industry of of keeping reptile husbandry whatever else think that they have it all like yeah dude you might have the best setup for this until somebody else comes up with a better one you might have the most information on the lighting until somebody proves that it needs uvb you might have the best type of water whatever until they prove that the ph has to be below seven like you don't know until you know right and those who ask the most questions and admit they don't know the most end up being the most knowledgeable most well-respected most whatever so maybe by me being so dumb on paper all the time is why I'm well-respected. I don't know, man, but I'm okay with that because you guys know me well enough to know that like, if I don't know something, I'll sure shit tell you right away. I'll tell you about that. But yeah. It's like that whole bookcase full of books. That's one of them. And uh, it's everything from amphibian skulls and amphibian declines to scientific papers, uh, freshwater ecology. Um, like I said, down to like, what type of morning routines the top 80% most successful people in the world have? Which, by the way, 80% of the world's most successful people don't drink coffee. and I mean, uh, 
don't eat breakfast, but they do drink coffee or tea. 80% of the world's most successful people do not eat breakfast. Crazy. I, I love have, it. Have a bang. Yeah. I mean, I've, that or bourbon. No, but honestly, <laughs> I just I just wanted to make sure that that was a point. I know I go on these tearing, you know, there are these, uh, these, I just go tearing off on these, uh, these you're a, you're a beacon of light in this dark, dark world, Brent Schultz. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man, like, like I, and I, I mean this in the least conceited way possible, but we need more fucking people out there like me. And, and Jen and Nick and Sean and Spencer and you guys trying to spread the good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, for that, dude, because all, all I tend to see 90% of the time when I'm going to shows or on Facebook or whatever else is like just shitty comments about how somebody's like, oh, really? No, that's actually a rum before they changed the name three days ago. And it's like, first you didn't know it <laughs> because that name change is only true until somebody dies or retires and then it's going to change again. So don't get too used to that either. Second of all, like only half of only half of us believe in subspecies, you know, the rest of us are like, well, it's either close enough to breed or it's not. Like, I don't understand why subspecies is a real thing. What does that mean? That can kind of breed sometimes? No. A species by definition means it can, it, it, it can breed. So can it breed or not? Does it breed naturally? Maybe. That's the biological definition, right? Does it breed naturally in, in the world and have viable babies? If it can do that, then technically it should be the same species with different monotypes or whatever, right? So if you look at that, I'm like, why is subspecies even a thing? It's either different enough to be a different species or it's not. Only half of us believe that. And I'm not going to argue to the death on either one of those things. But I see on Facebook or Twitter or whatever consistently, like, people just trying to correct people just to correct people. And I'm like, if you have good information, that's fair. Also, don't be an asshole about it. Because, you know, when, when you want to go swimming at the birthday party and there's 20 of you waiting to get in the pool – and one asshole kid pushes a girl into the pool and now nobody gets to swim. Who wants to be that kid? Why you got to be the one asshole that ruins it for everybody? Or if you're like Phil, who's the kid who pees in the pool and now no one can swim in it. You know, They can swim in it. They just choose not to. Yeah, I was going to say, there's nothing actually saying that they can't. <laughs> you know what would make the world a better place? If we had Woody making back scratchers with this lambkin grip. That would I would buy I would I would I would pay money for that. You never know what we might not come up with next. Make a Venom Life back scratcher that is literally like That's probably actually snake hook shaft. I'm just saying, man. I'd I'd we, buy it. We've talked about this before. Almost every single hook that we've ever developed since 2014 when we started was somebody else's idea that we ran with. Like <laughs> someone's like, you know what you should do? You should make a tub opener. And I'm like, for what? And he's like, because I'm five foot four and, and my racks go up eight feet. And it's like, oh. It's funny you bring that up because, well, first of all, I always mess up the name and I call it the drawer puller. But I was doing Tremerserous <laughs> yesterday. I thought that was the nickname for Justin's mouth. Mah! Pulling down drawers. Yep. So I was doing Tremerserous yesterday. And I had the Neo hook and I had the drawer puller. And the girlfriend says, she's like, 
that snake looks really weird. It's got like a square thing on it. And I was like, yeah, it's not meant to do this, but I use it as like a, a directional thing and I could double hook with it if I have to. And I showed her and it's just like, that's a classic example of the multitude of uses from one idea from one guy that just spread like wildfire in an awesome way. When we, when we made our first one, man, it was right before we went to Chicago uh, for the Tim Lee show. Um, when we, we were just get hooked, we didn't even have venom yet. And uh, when we went up there, Woody and I looked at each other and we were like, dude, we're probably never going to sell another one of these. So we brought, okay. yeah, dude, we brought like 13. We had zero left on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, hey, we might be onto something. But it was somebody else's idea, man. The neonate hooks that you were talking about. Mike Vessio, Viper Breeder, at Viper Breeder on Facebook. Um, that was all Mike Vessio's idea, man. He called us up. He's like, hey, man, like, I've been using this coat hanger for all my neonates. <laughs> and um, he goes, if you guys could do something that was a little more comfortable, but about the same size as a coat hanger, I'd really appreciate it. So we came up with a neonate hook. And now it's like our second best seller out of all of our products, including hats. Like that blows my mind, man. That that started with like some yeah. way too many snakes um, by himself with a coat hanger, and he's like, "Hey, I got a question," and we're like, "Sure, we'll try." And now we have that, um, and that's how these things just keep developing. When Mike when Mike did his, if you look at the end of his, that that Pelamis hook that Justin's twirling around like a what is it? Yeah, no, the hook end, the foot, yeah. So Mike was very, very clear. He wanted that point to stick out about, about an inch past. He wanted it to be a CV combo, very straight up and down on the end. He wanted it closed a little bit more than our standard opening. Our standard opening looks more like this. He wanted it a little bit more closed. So we took some off of here to narrow it up. We lengthened this, as you can see. Um, and we did the conical point and it's also available with, uh, you can cut the ridges into it for flipping material. And, and he was very clear on all those things. And I'm like, that's a lot of changes. Like that's going to take us a whole, whole nother like jig to set up, but we did it. And his purpose for that was a lapids tend to sit on a hook. That's a little bit more closed. And you see a lot of people that have a lapid hooks that are really, really narrow. Oh Yeah. We didn't want to get them down to like one inch or whatever, because we don't want you to take your new traveling hook that's world traveled from Borneo to, I mean, Fiji, Komodo. He's taken that hook all over during testing um, versions 2.0 and 2.4. So he's been all over the world with those. Um, and we didn't want it to be anything super, super tight. And he's like, I want a really, really good hybrid where it's wide enough that I could still work with like, jungle boas and mangroves and you know chinese rat snakes and whatever um but if if i'm working with sea snakes or forest cobras that it's a little bit more closed so that they sit on the hook better and when you're doing anything with the lapids the more secure they feel the less how do i put it um psychotic slinky spaghetti um you know with botox and stuff it's like working with a psychotic slinky. Man. And um, the more closed off it is, the better it is, the easier it is, right? 
So he was very clear on, on that and very specific. So when we come up with these ideas, nine times out of 10, it wasn't our idea. Bill got to make his dream hook and uh, we haven't released it as a, a full knobtail line. The Darth Lapis hook. <laughs> yeah, but, man. It, it, and what's funny is, not to cut you off, but please, when, when he was making it, like I had never played with the Palama, so I hadn't physically had it in my hand. And Woody and I were like drawing out my hook. And he's like, man, this, this is a lot like Mike's. And like, not to sound cocky, but like great minds think alike. You know what I mean? And like, it, it really is like looking at Justin's hook when we were in Texas and comparing it to mine, the, the, my custom one that I had, they're very, very similar. But again, they're, the ideas are the same, but different reasons. Yeah. And like, and that's, it's awesome that, you know, you guys can literally make that come to fruition. When that's how things happen, man. And that's because like, uh, well, basically we, we're, we're not scared to say we don't know. Like, can you make yeah. that? I don't know, but I'll try. I'll try anything once. Sure. Um, <laughs> like Phil's original weird loop-de-loop -loop freaking hook. Yeah, and 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 I I have even re redrawn that like 10 times now for two reasons. One, because Woody basically told me it's physically impossible to make. <laughs> like, like, slight, uh, slight hiccup. Slight yeah. speed bump. He, he basically told me, he's like, unless I have a blacksmith who can bend like red hot iron there's no way to to make that hook but at the same time just like bending like i hate to say it bending coat hangers and like playing with coat hangers like i said on you know those pliers like it it probably wouldn't have worked the way i thought it did so i had to go back to the drawing board so one day we will fabricate one but but yeah for now i'll stick with the one that woody made <laughs> oh but that's that's awesome but like i'm just saying like um you know, that's part of listening and educating and talking with people and working with people. And like, we basically built all of our hooks off of that. Like, you know, listening to like, we're not the smartest guys in the room. We might be the, you know, second largest manufacturer in the US or whatever, whatever we are now. I'm not even sure, but I'm pretty sure like there's us and Stoney and Midwest and I don't even think Ziegle, I think he just retired. So, you know, I, I don't even know, man. Um, and Stoney's good at what he does. Yeah. How do you feel when he's at other shows and whatever? I'm like, I don't even really consider him competition per se. Because like some people want an automatic, some people want a manual and it's yeah. okay. like, I don't, I don't judge them. As long as you're working with whatever tool is comfortable for you, it's safe for you, it's safe for the animal, you're in a safe environment, nobody gets hurt. I don't give a shit if you do use coat hangers. If you prefer those over mine, great. As long as you're being safe doing it, I don't care, man. Yeah. To offer something quality that works and is easy well balanced whatever so that's what we put our time and energy into he does a lot of stuff that's um you know he does the um the polymers and the plastics and yeah the, um you know it's super cool stuff man i i actually don't have any problem with his hooks whatsoever but they're just not for everybody a lot of people don't want those hooks or yeah. um, they don't prefer them and that's fine uh i have a couple zoo we're in like 30 something zoos around the world, 28 zoos in the U S alone. And, um, with our hooks and the Denver zoo in particular, the keeper there, he wants nothing but L shaped field style hooks. Doesn't matter if it's a 14 foot King Cobra or a 10 and a half inch bitis neonate. 
That was one thing I had talked to Woody about at one point was having like the the neonate hook, but with that L, like having the L foot on it instead of the like the traditional. Because so I too, I too prefer that that tight ninety degree corner. Yeah, I'm just saying, like I don't, I don't want to sound gay on the podcast, but I'll try anything once. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing too: is nobody says that you can't eat at McDonald's and Burger King. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's like. In my trunk right now is my is well actually in the front seat's my custom hook from you guys. And then in the trunk I've got a Zegel field hook. I got a Midwest Tongs M1 Tongs. And then I've got a um uh Midwest 30 that's just like an old Midwest 30 that I just leave in there as an extra. You know what I mean? So like granted, most of my stuff is now Venom Life, but I've ha- I've had them all. I can I will continue to get them all. And nobody says you can't have a little variety, you know? I don't want everybody to be, I mean, when people tell me, like, I have, like, 36 hooks, I retired my four Midwest ones or whatever, and I, all of my hooks are now yours. Like, of course I feel great about that. But that's not my goal. I'm not trying to trick people into right. all right. my, like, if you like my 30, but the Midwest 40, or you need a 48 for certain animals, and I only offer up to 40, go get what you need, man. All I want is for people to, to work responsibly and safely for them and the animal. And if that means that you prefer this hook for this animal and my hook for that one, great. All I want to do is be able to offer an option so that it's safer for the humans and the animals. That's right. it. Right. I don't want, need, or expect – I don't expect to wear Venom Life every single day. Just like I wouldn't get mad if you wore Nike one day and Under Armour another day and then my shirt on a Wednesday. I'm okay. Right. Yeah. Not to put myself in the same wheelhouse as them as an apparel company, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. I got as, you. you know, as an analogy goes, like I'm I'm fine with that, man. And it's like, you know, if you if you like if you like certain car for your for your battery operated Prius, but when you're going four wheeling, you need to have a Toyota Tacoma. I'm not gonna be mad that you want a Toyota and a Prius. Or, oh shit, those are both Toyotas. I know, we know we know what you mean. If you, if you want to do a Tesla for your daily driver, but you want to do a, a Tacoma TRD for your for your camping vehicle, like that's cool, man. Like that's that's called utility. That's called yeah. being. I also didn't expect you to to use your your chopping knife to eat your steak with. Like different knives is is probably smart to have, man. Um, it's probably a good idea, you know. So I, I think that it's a utility thing, and I think that it's smart. So I'm glad that you guys like them and that they work. Um, but again, for you guys and everybody listening, if you have ideas, you have thoughts, you'd like to see something different, we are 100% all ears. Like our entire business model is based off of listening to you. Not you two in particular. That would be a terrible business plan. But the people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. So since we're on the topic, when's Venom Life going to make a series of tongs? Yeah. Never. Maybe never. Honestly, man, I want to go. Woody will have a stroke. Huh? <laughs> said Woody would have a stroke. I, I just, I just got a, I just got a vision of Woody sitting on the floor in the workshop with just unwound spools of braided cable, <laughs> just cross-legged like, and just, just staring just, at it, just like looking at this, this bird's nest of braided cable, going, "How can what I the hang fuck, myself Phil? from the rafters in my workshop with this?" Yeah, exactly. Or he's sitting there with a with a, with one of those old 
you know, mechanic tins of oil from the 1920s. And he's like, I can't get it to stop squeaking. <laughs> well, okay. So, so here's, here's where we're at. People ask me why I don't sell tongs. I could get tongs. I could sell tongs. I could manufacture tongs. I could design and make my own. I personally use Midwest tongs for everything that I do. <laughs> and so until I can make it as good or better, why would I purposefully compete with that? Like if the best thing I could make is a, is a car out of cardboard boxes, why would I try to go in a competition with Honda? That's true. That's right? a great point. Like until I can do it as good or better, I have no desire to try to compete with something that I highly recommend. Yeah. And I think that Midwest tongues are some of the best ones out there. Now I have ideas and designs that I would like to see happen that don't exist yet. Right. And when that happens, I would consider it as good or better, or at least different enough that I could offer it side by side. And yeah. then there's for certain things and mine for other things. Um, and they'd be purposeful again. But same reason I don't have collapsible hooks right now. Yeah. And find a way to make it to work with an arboreal pit viper in Costa Rica and you don't have to worry about a four foot snake hitting you in the face because a lock gave out or too many clicks in the suitcase and, and whatever, like, there's some good designs out there and I'm not going to knock on all of them, but until I can find a way to do it as good or better, I, I would prefer to see those be done better in a way that it's never been done until that can happen. Um, it's just not on my list of things to do. All right. I can, I can go with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm in your same boat, man. I use them. Eat with somebody who I respect in an industry that is very small to begin with, with an inferior product right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I get it. So the answer, hopefully someday, but we're on an, an indefinite hiatus from making. So I uh, just to change, just to shift gears here real quick. I um, I just got a text from the girlfriend. She says, "My gosh, this guy is legit speaking to my soul tonight." Definitely needed to hear some words of wisdom. Thank you. That absolutely makes my night. That's why I do what I do. I, if I can walk into a room and people and one person leaves feeling like that, I did my job. Everybody after that is a is a hundred percent a bonus factor. But if I can affect one person like that every time I step into a room or get onto a podcast, I did my job, man. And that that means the world to me because not not even just industry specific. We just need more of that in the world. We need yeah. more, more people striving to be better, wanting to be better. And I, yes, I do. I do. I'm not a motivational speaker, but I do try to inspire people to want to motivate themselves. Yeah, man. If my true goal in this world is whether I die tomorrow or 60 years from now is to leave the world one tenth of 1% better than I found it. I'm never going to hit that goal without affecting at least one person every single day in a positive way, one way or another. And, and that is my goal, by the way, if I said 10% of the world, I think that that's a little bit grievous. I think that, that's pretty unrealistic, but I think that one percent, one tenth of one percent is a realistic goal. Sure, sure. 
I mean, in all in, in all reality, that's only like seventy five hundred people a year. <laughs> that to effect, right? Um, but I'm so glad that she said that, man, because um, I know a lot of people probably also hear this stuff and they're like, man, who who does this guy think he is? What a cocky asshole, whatever. And I'm like, I'm okay with that too, man. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, but the reality is, like, those are probably the exact people that I'm talking about. Those are probably the exact examples of people that think they know more than everybody else and aren't striving to be better, aren't striving to, to be more communicative and educational. And the ones that aren't trying to better the industry, they're just trying to better themselves. And we're probably not friends. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with yeah. all that I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not saying that they're a bad guy in any way. I'm just saying that that's the people that may or may not think that after I have a conversation like this are probably those exact people that I'm referring to. Yeah. It's well put, man. Well put. You know, and like she, she commented earlier, um, saying like uh, someone new to the field, it's exciting to be around people willing to answer questions and provide information without judgment. And like I, when her and I started dating, like she didn't know this world existed per se. And now she's, she, I'd like to hope she's falling in love with it. But, you know, I watch her listen to this stuff and she asks me questions and I know she's, he's dropped on some, some, some phone calls with Smitty and Billy and stuff like that. And I love it, man. And, and it's so cool to see someone who doesn't know that who hasn't been doing it as long as we have, and it's fresh and new and exciting. And like, that is a great spark and a great feeling to, to, to see that and to know that. That's a great way of putting it, man. And, uh, Let's put it to let's put it to everybody listening this way. Whether you were for me or against me in the beginning, um, either way, let's just put it to you this way: If you've ever been the person in the room where you had a group of fifteen people, ten people, you're at a show, whatever, and you come across that person, that parent who's absolutely terrified of snakes, and after fifteen minutes, you had them holding a ball python at the show or you had them holding a hog nose at the Boy Scouts camp, or when you see that change in people, you, you're you able to affect them in a way where they're like, I've been scared of this thing for 55 years of my life, and now I'm holding one, and you watch that light bulb goes off, and, and, and you see that change in somebody, and you're able to be the one that helped affect that positive change to bring up our industry and let more people know that these things aren't satanic killers like the, the Bible leads people to believe or whatever. When you've ever seen that happen, you know the feeling I'm talking about. And if you know that you could have that feeling and affect people in the same way without having to hand a snake, why would you not take the opportunity to do that? And that's the opportunity that I'm offering you right now. 100%. I'm offering you the opportunity to feel that way all the time and change people's lives in the same way all the time. And you don't even have to be holding a snake to do it. Yeah. Why would yeah. you not want? I'm just, I'm it's probably a good place to leave it for my part. I think it's yeah, good. Man. I mean, Phil would agree with me that when we get messages or comments from people that, you know, they just recently found the show or started reading the magazine and, you know, how much they're binging it and stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's cool. Like that's why we do it. Like, people gets people pumped. 
Why does yeah. white tattoos show up like every other week in one of the formats? <laughs> no, that's that's it, man. And and you know that that gets you guys pumped to want to do more. Well, yeah, I mean that's like that's why we do it. <laughs> like the people that are the right people find find it, and that's yeah. And we were we were just talking with Billy before the show, um, how you know we're vent the magazine, the network, we're vending at Daytona this year. It's going to be our first year doing it, and we're 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 not going to. I don't want to say we're we're not making any money. We're 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 basically doing it to promote all of this and to educate and spread the love, you know. Because as much as we use the term industry, because that's what it is, it's our industry, but it's still the community. You know what I mean? And like that, that community is what builds up the industry. And it's, you know, we do it because we love it, you know? That's exactly right, man. And I, I know I've said this on, on one of your shows before, um, but I'll say it again here and now, man, like Venom Life's a perfect example. Without you guys doing what you do, bringing me onto the podcast, talking to us about it, our stuff in the magazine, um, promoting us, sharing our codes, Without you guys as customers, turning other people on to it, talking about it because you believe in the product, without you guys, not you too, but you guys, everybody listening as a community, without you guys, we're just two dudes with way too many fucking clothes. <laughs> That's literally all we are without you guys. And so it's super important. For me to stay grateful and be appreciative and understand that and stay humble at the point where I'm like, without you guys, I'm nothing, man. And I think that that's where not having to be the smartest guy in the room, not having to be the guy that is the richest or has the nicest or most expensive, whatever, like, I'm okay with that. Because I get to do something I love every day. I get to make a difference. I get to affect people in a positive way. And um, hopefully make the world a better place before I leave it. And for me, that's good enough. I get to go to bed every night knowing that, man, I would rather I would rather break even and barely get by doing something I love than make a million fucking dollars doing something I hate. Absolutely. Well put. Well put. Awesome. So I'm not saying everybody has to think like me or everybody f should push it as hard as we do. Um, but if you guys are out there, you're listening, you're watching, and you agree, by sharing this, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Which, I'm in big trouble then. If you agree, there's probably... Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, oops, time, time for a switch. But you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with the most. And so if you guys are out there listening, you're watching, you're a supporter of anything that we do on our end, anything that they do, anything we do as a group, anything you've heard tonight, share it, man. Because if you're not out there sharing it, if you just like it and then close your eyes and go to sleep, at that point, no action is just being part of the problem. Share the love, share the education, share the passion, share the knowledge, Share the podcast, share the magazine, and um, you know, let's together let's step up and make a difference. 
Speaking of, issue 21 just got released. Um, what was that, Saturday? No, yeah. yes. Saturday. I had to re-upload it three times because me and Billy can't spell 18 correctly. It was on the cover. <laughs> Jack, did, we misspelled it twice. I fixed it, and then Billy was like, it's still not right. And I was like, are you serious? I thought he was messing with me. And then I you could have like, just put a one and an eight. <laughs> That would have been easier. I know, but yeah, I was I was so mad. <laughs> well, generally speaking, you spell out everything under ten, and then after ten, you use numbers. Well, it was the name of a product, so. Oh. Then send them, have them send you the logo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, dude, your your words, legit words of wisdom, man. I love it. It's the best. It's awesome. I want to get on here one day and like, maybe we'll do it with bourbon and bubbles. Maybe we'll do the the bubble bath with Epsom salt and and bourbon. <laughs> we'll do bourbon and bubbles one night, uh, where we all sit in a bubble bath up just above nipple height, so that it's like you know, we can spare people. Classy. <laughs> and then we just sit bourbon and talk about like maybe more about the serial entrepreneur business, uh, Gary V. You know that type of stuff, man. Because um, I think that that could be cool one day too. Well, more of the second part than the bubble bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Cox said he's a hundred percent in if we do bourbon and bubbles. So, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll add him every now and then. You'll just see a retic head come out of the bubbles and then go back down. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm I'm proposing this right now. I think for bourbon and bubbles, we should shoot for a minimum of ten. Okay. Wait, how many screens can we get on there, Smitty? I think I think up to eight or ten. Okay, so, yeah. I Tell us what tomorrow, and we will find we will fill those spots. Yeah. Do bourbon yeah. one night, and we talk about our our stories. We all introduce ourselves, kind of like our stories, our our kind of place in the industry, how we got into it, and uh, and just kind of like a get to know you bourbon and bubbles, and talk a little bit after that. Uh, the second half, we can talk a little bit of bullshit about, you know, um, motivation, inspiration, um, business, entrepreneur, marketing, branding, um, all kinds of stuff that people could use, man. Because I'm sure we all have different takes and sure. information that other people don't have. And um, and if for no other reason, it'd be like Real Housewives on mute. You know what I mean? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I literally, I just got envisions of like Iper in a 50 gallon barrel. <laughs> you know, we gotta get, we gotta pull some people out of woodworks for this. Oh, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain that there's going to be at least one kiddie pool, at least one horse trough. At yeah. Least one, yeah. At least. Yeah. P pickup truck with a bed liner in it. <laughs> After bourbon and bubbles one night, man. All right. We'll and put it, it together. Yeah. It, yeah. You just need a bubble bath and, doesn't have to be bourbon whiskey whiskey counts um if you prefer like a mai tai vodka drink whatever but that's gonna be the theme we're gonna bangs. do bangs and bubbles huh bangs and bubbles bangs and bubbles you and those bangs man are you part of the bang energy community on facebook uh no but i'm morbidly curious to see what that looks like you should be <laughs> for a while now and um <laughs> 
and probably uh, a Brodio. Dude, it, well, when you when you started, Jay, start back a little bit because it was like actually just like bang people doing bang things that just like buy bang. Um, a lot of hot chicks, but just bang people doing bang stuff. Hey, it's me and my strawberry matching shirt. Hey, it's me and my red, white, and blue with my red, white, and blue truck. Whatever. Like, it's one of those things. Um, but, like, in the last week, it totally flipped to, like, this bang fitness community. Like, no joke. Where, like, it's like, I used to weigh 450 pounds. And they're holding a bang. And they're like, now I weigh 136. And they're holding a bang. And I'm like, are you guys really trying to do, like, this whole stuff? And it's not bang. Bang has nothing to do with it. But the people totally turned it into like this weight loss, like weight loss fitness community. Literally in the last seven days, this happened. So you got to get on that. I'm not gonna lie; I probably spend more on that than I do like snakes identification. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. The but amount of money I spend on that. Dude, it's funny you bring up the snake ID groups. So like, I'm not anti Facebook, but there's there's nothing on there that I really care about anymore. You know what I mean? And shy of like when Billy or Dr. Wyman post up a paper, you know, or Iper sends me a photo, hey, look at this snake that somebody found, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's awesome. But those snake ID groups, bro, those things keep me going, man. Yeah. You know? And they're, it's like, it's almost fun. And like, you, you see that, like, there's people that are like, oh, that's a snouted cobra. And it's like, no, it's not. That's a mole snake. And like, they go back and forth. I love reading that. It is. Man. I feel like those people know that. So they just go like fishing super hard and give wrong information on purpose, which is why it's hard. I feel like people actually do that, which is why it's kind of hard for me to get behind. But occasionally you guys will see me, I'll drop into one and be like, here's a quick paragraph and a half on real shit. And if you choose to read it, great. If you choose not to, that's your own prerogative. Um, and then I don't even get back on a check for comments or responses or anything like that, man. I really don't. I'm just like, I'm gonna drop some real knowledge and I'm out. Um, Cause I don't have time to play, to play that game, man. I'm working on multiple businesses and multiple organizations, multiple nonprofits. Like I don't have time to like, you know, it's like I was, we were talking about being successful earlier, right? Facebook's a perfect example right now anymore. Like in our industry, you kind of need it um, for certain things. And like I was just saying, if I didn't have multiple businesses and multiple organizations, I probably wouldn't be in the, at all that's wrong it's an incredibly valuable tool if used improperly um if used properly but i don't think that it is most most of the time right and so if you look at like some of the top look at all the most successful people in the world and what they do in their industry and i'm not talking about making money i'm talking about successful and whatever your mind says that means right you look at the most successful people in the world in, in whatever industry you want, they have the exact same 168 hours every week that you do. The exact same 24 hours every single day that you do. They just use those, like they just use them more wisely, right? Like, and so I try not to be on Facebook too much and people are like, oh yeah, I saw you on Facebook the other day. You didn't see that post? And I'm like, no man, like I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I get on, I post my shit and then I get back off. Like I don't look at your stuff. And I don't say that in like a cocky asshole kind of way, but if I scroll through every, if I see cool stuff, occasionally once or twice a week, I will get on and I'll scroll through for about a week's worth of stuff, like share, whatever, and then get back off. But I literally can't sit there and like and share every single post from every single person because 
that would have to be my full-time job and I'm working on some really important things. And I know for a fact that if it's important to people that I share it, you guys will send me a link. Hey, 21's out. Would you mind sharing it on your profile? I'm like, 100% I will. If you ask me to do it, I will actively do it. But if you expect me to just go find it and share it arbitrarily, like- Why not? First of all, with 5,000 followers on my regular page, plus my however many on my professional page, plus my other seven or eight or nine work websites, on Facebook, like I would never be able to get through all of them. Um, also, it only shows me certain stuff. Like I'm gonna need you to share issue 21 or Veticulture magazine. Oh, just hit me up, man. You know I'm happy to do it. I just need to know, right? You'll ask. You like, shall not pass. I had a. I I'm I I had my autoresponder up for my email that said I only respond if you're cool at 11 o'clock and a.m. and 4 p.m. And then after about two months of that, I was like, I only respond to emails once a day. And now I even sometimes on some of my emails, I still have an autoresponder that says, I will reply to your email within 24 to 48 hours. Because to me, it's not a messaging service. Right. I'll respond to your email in 24 to 48 hours. If it's an emergency, immediately contact me, send me a text. If you don't have my cell phone number, your emergency is not my concern. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you don't have my cell phone number, whatever emergency you have is not my problem. Yeah, I'm not the guy you should be calling right now. Right. <laughs> like, listen, man, like, like the people who are close to me, the people that, that that want me to help, if you guys are like, hey, we need help spreading the, the wildfire on, 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 you know, number 21, you'll send me a message. Hey, bro, would you mind, would you mind sharing this? 100%. I will gladly take... 15 minutes out of my 24 hours to share that because I, if, if I had a promotion, I would ask you guys to do the same thing and I would expect that in return and I'm happy to do we it. We do it. Share the love. I know you do and I love it. And so I would do that for you as well. But if you're expecting me to find it arbitrarily and share it, like the chances of that happening are slim to none, man. Um, I'm in like 500 and something groups with over 5,000 friends between my two pages. That's my freaking nightmare. I, I can't, I can't keep up, man. People are like, Hey, did you see that whole thing that's going on with, uh, with, with this whole thing? And this guy said that about this and this person. And I'm like, no, Woody calls me almost daily. And he's like, Hey, did you see that uh, Ziegle is going to be retiring? You announced it on Facebook. And I'm like, no dude. Like if I scroll through my stories for the last three months, it probably still won't come up. Between the algorithms on Facebook and the types of people that I have and the things that I like and, you know, the groups that I'm involved in, the algorithms don't show me half of the things that you guys are expecting me to share. So for not just you guys, you guys already know this, but for anybody else out there watching, like if you have something that you're passionate about and you really want to like get out there, I will absolutely 100%, as long as I believe in the cause and support it, stand behind you and I'm happy to take the minutes out of my day to share it. That all being said, um, I'm not going to scroll Facebook all day looking for things to share because I don't get paid for that. <laughs> I already have 10 jobs I don't get paid for. Um, and I don't think I even have a thousand friends on Facebook. And even even that is to me is just it's too much information at once. Justin, so I can't even imagine having 
a maxed out friends list. I've been to... maxed out at 5,000 since 2015, and I have a waiting list of over 3,700. God. And uh, and I'm like, why? I'm like, today I'm doing a countertop. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when I was out uh, with National Geographic, like taking pictures every day, like that made sense. I'm on like five day adventures in, in the desert. Like I could see that. But now it's like, I'm just a dude with too many clothes and way too many friends. <laughs> Follow me, but I have that, right? And I'm not mad about it. I'm not sad about it. I'm, I'm grateful to have it. Um, but at the same time, like, it's impossible to keep up. Impossible, man. Yeah. Impossible. And so if you guys have stuff that you want me to share, not just you guys, anybody listening, that, you, that is important to you, like, I'm more than willing to do it and get it out to people all over the world. Um, you just got to ask me. And you guys know, DM me, Facebook Messenger, fairly quick on even if I am working. Um, I don't really do much else than those two things. Instagram, I'm not really big on. Um, I should be, but I'm not. Again, it's a time thing. You know what I need? I need an assistant. I need a social media marketing manager, and I need an assistant. So I'll put the I'll put the calling out there right now. If anybody wants to interview, like we can we can potentially make that a thing. I'll um, interview. I'm starting. I'm I'm trying to start a media company. Myself. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's good. I accepting really clients. I pictured like a young, cute girl and like all these things, and you are none of the above. So I'm glad you, <laughs> as you want to be like the marketing guy and not my personal assistant. Let's talk. Let's talk about that because that's actually something that I'm very interested in, and uh, I just can't keep up, man. Now, to be super clear, I will still answer all my own personal DMs. I'm not gonna have like a like a Michael Jackson robot that like auto responds. Uh, hologram of you. Oh, dude! But tell me if I couldn't have a hologram of me, like that wouldn't be super impressive. That, that would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. Oh man! Yeah, hey, okay. I just get excited when like because I got the I got an Apple, and on every Sunday it tells me. Your screen time is down four hours this week. Your screen time is down 42 minutes this week. And like, I, I do my damnedest to not, to, to have it get less and less and less every week. Sometimes it's not, but like we got back from Texas. It was like, your screen time is down 17 hours this week. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's, yeah. So. Dude, no, it's, that, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it has some pretty cool functionality for sure. Um, Mine always tells me what mine is, but I just see it and I'm just like, oh, I'm in the middle of a call. Like, just I just swipe it off. I never actually look at it. Um, so I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm on the boat. So I'm just going to like, I'm going to FaceTime some friends while I'm on the boat or I'm like out doing something. I'm like, yeah, FaceTime while I'm at work. And, yeah. But it's, I, I try to keep up with my people too, right? So, like, you know, Phil, I call you every once in a while. I don't call Justin, yeah. um, but I call you every once in a while. I got questions for you on other stuff or in other industries or whatever. But even then I'm just like, Hey man, how's things going? I just, of course, but man, I, I try to keep up with everybody and, and uh, keep my people close. Um, but I think that that, that too, you know, and like I just did that uh, snakes in the fat man podcast, not that long ago. And, and Chris is a great guy. When I did that one, you know, when you put out 
posted. He's like, you know, one of the one of the most badass dudes in in the reptile industry. And I'm just like, how like how how do you get that title? Like, you're just you're just nice to people. Like, because I call you once or twice every month or two and be like, hey man, how's life? How's things? How can yeah. I? I don't know, man. I guess, I guess it all circles back to like doing what you love because you love it and for the right reasons and not chasing the money. Like I don't call you chasing the money, right? When I call you, I'm like, Hey, either I want to spend money on one questions about your expertise. That isn't my expertise or, um, it's about like, you know, things that are about to come up and we just want to catch up real quick on what's going on with the, the next issue of the magazine or yeah. whatever, right? Like we're, we're talking about something, but we're always catching up. How's sure. snakes, how's whatever. And yeah. Important, man, to have that human aspect of things. And I think that's where a lot of it gets lost in Facebook is people now get to say basically whatever the hell that they want to whoever the hell they want and basically have no repercussions. Or if they do have repercussions, they're mediocre moderate at best and something else happened two days later so they were already forgot about and then nobody cares next tuesday nobody even cares that they said that because they completely forgot that it even happened right and i think that we're training ourselves and training each other um to basically not give a shit about the human aspect yeah and and for that i have a huge problem oh yeah reasons i really like doing this i've enjoyed all the articles i've done in the magazine and i look forward to doing more um if you guys can keep printing me and not have people lose interest um, <laughs> but this is one of the things that i like to do i mean when i get down here with you guys we're we're about 15 minutes from my cutoff time because you guys have a one-hour podcast that i take the three hours every time <laughs> um, <laughs> with, um, i love it i love it though i don't care and dude, like I, I don't even look. I don't really look at the the ticker clock. But every once in a while, I'll just look over to it just because it's there, and I'll be like, "Holy shit, it's been forty minutes!" Wow. All right, but keep going. Yeah. But I, you know what? You know why I keep doing it the way I do it, man? Is because first of all, I've heard from you guys and multiple other people on countless podcasts and whatever that they're like, "No, dude, just do you." Like, yeah. You, you're one of the you're one of the few people that we actually get to have on every once in a while where we don't have to like information out of you whatever and i'm not sure anybody else badly right? it's just it's a normal thing in the industry of being in a podcast industry where nobody's as well spoken right and i would argue that i probably talk too much which is also potentially a bad thing alternatively i also know that the first time we did the podcast i was super apologetic to you guys I was like, dude, I'm so sorry we went so long. We went so long. We oh, went. yeah. Like, whatever, dude. We don't care. Like, like, we've had so many listeners. Like, we've had more listeners on that one than we have some of the other ones. People are willing to sit and listen for three hours. So do your thing. Um, I also feel like I I get to a point where I'm like, well, we've already talked about that. We've already talked about ASF. We've already talked about whatever. So I can do quick updates. And then now what are we talking about, right? So I want to start talking about some real life shit. Like some real, like. We're getting closer to the center of the onion that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just with every. I feel like you're exactly right, man. In fact, one of my favorite books uh, I have right up there by Mark Manson called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. He has a whole chapter called The Self Awareness Onion. And basically, it's like 
You could be like, oh man, I really suck at that. Okay, but why? Well, because of this, this, and this. Okay, but why? And you have to peel it back like at least seven layers. But if you're not crying by the end of it, you didn't do it right. Um, wow. Which is why he calls it the self-awareness onion. And that's, that's that in itself is deep, dude. Hundred percent, man. Right. And so, and that's one of my favorite chapters. One of my favorite books. I've done the subtle art of not giving a fuck one time on audio and one time and hardcover every single year since 2015. Awesome. Wow. I've reread that book. And in fact, it's my second most gifted book. When people ask me, what book do I gift the most to yeah. people? Um, that's my second most gifted book behind the Bible. Ryan Hall. No. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> um, Obstacle is the way. That's my most gifted book. Partially because it's a good intro. It's a good, like, short chapters. It's easy to read. They're like two to three page chapters. It's like 75 chapters, but they're like two page chapters. So, like, it's easy to leave off and pick up somewhere new tomorrow. So, it's good for, like, people starting out. But, yeah, the self-awareness on you, man. So, I like to use that analogy because, like, I feel like every time we do a podcast, we're, like, delving a little bit more into, like, and listen, I don't want to sound like the negative Nancy where all I talk about is the negative shit in the industry or in our, our hobby, right? I don't. I just also know that if I don't talk about it, a lot of other people won't. Yeah. And I don't think you're negative in the least capacity. I think you're one of the most uplifting, positive people I know. You also have your moments where, like me and myself, we're pragmatic. So yeah. it's not that you think the bad's going to happen. It's you're mentally preparing yourself that God forbid it does, you are, you're ready, you know? Yeah. And it's like just people in general, man, people, people suck in general. That's why we all love animals, man. Why do you work with venomous animals? Why do you do venomous shit? I'm like, dude, I work with venomous snakes for fun and for a living. You know why? Because I could stay four feet away from that thing sitting on my floor and it couldn't hurt me if it wanted to, which by the way, it doesn't want to. Right. But even if it did, it couldn't. Name one person that's truthful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in shape or form, we tend to hurt each other consistently, even if it's not on purpose. And, like, these animals do so much less damage than humans do to each other, to us, um, to the world. Yeah. And yet they're seen as, like, the devils and we're seen as, like, these demigods that are the most intelligent species. Holy beings. Yeah, dude. I'm like, yeah. they have two penises with barbs so that she can't even run away if she wants to. I would argue they're way superior in so many ways. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. I actually, like, I, have a, I have a good thing about humans lately that I was going to bring up if we had time. So We, do, we have eight minutes. Yeah, we do. We do have eight minutes. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but on one of the first times we had you on, you know, you were talking about, you know, some of your, you know, times of high adventure and, you know, Arizona mountains and Mexico looking for Willard Eye. And like, that's like, I'm not even a big Willard Eye guy, but like the whole experience of it is just amazing to me. And uh-oh, uh-oh, we lost uh-oh. him. Uh-oh, I bet you his, his phone died. Yeah, his phone died. I'll save this for if he if not well, if he comes back when he comes back. Or should I just say it? I don't know. 
I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold the Willard I the Willard I story for uh for when he gets back. So but yeah, I um I was not expecting tonight's show to go this way. I, I thought it was gonna go in a different route, but I'm so happy that it did go the way that it went. And I do feel like peeling the onion every time we have him on, it's just better and better and better. It was a different route. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you guys are curious as to how to get yourself some Escupolis Snakebite Foundation swag, go to their website. Um, it's actually, uh, if you go on bonfire.com slash store, you can go through the listing of stores and find the ASF, or you can just find the ASS website and then go on their little menu they have. And uh, right now they've got a women's tank top. They've got a kid's shirt and they come in a wide assortment of colors. They have hoodies. Hoodie, yeah, they have hoodies. They've got a you know, little Coffee tote load. bag. Yeah. So check it all out. It all goes to a great cause. Um, and, I just uh, got me a hoodie and a t-shirt this evening. Now I can't they, wait for it to come in. There he is. He's back. So the only thing we don't sell is phone chargers. Proceed oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So what I was saying is, is that the story you told about, you know, you having the ability and the privilege to go into the mountains and find Willard Eye and how it's so remote and how it's such a unique species and, you know, field collecting for research and taking data and all that. So I follow a bunch of, and I'll call them kids simply because they're younger than me. I follow a bunch of kids on Instagram that are, you know, high mountain desert herpers. And like, they're all about Lepidus and, you know, Mitchell I, and like, that's their MO. And this summer, I guess some of them found like some hardcore Willard eye spots and they're taking some amazing photography and they're bringing researchers with them and you're not seeing take anything home. And I'm not seeing any for sale online. And like that human element and being in nature and sharing the knowledge. And they didn't necessarily, they didn't share where they found it. You know what I mean? Cause they're, they're not going to do that just quite yet, but just, nor should they. Yeah. Nor should they. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but just seeing that and then remembering all the things you said, like that's, it's just awesome, man. You know, I, it's just awesome. To, 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 to quickly recap that story, man, like um, when I was going up for the Willard Eye, uh, and we were doing it for research, for data points, for uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Arizona Game and Fish. Um, I was, I did take one. Both those years I went up, um, I did take one uh, male out of the wild on a on a permit for the museum for the collection. Um, we also contributed with Steve Mackesy's lab. Uh, he has a bunch of venom samples from two different localities from me. Um, and I still have both those snakes. They're both still alive to this day. Um, and those are both Will Wills out of, out of Arizona. And so to get there, it was, you know, a 45 minute drive from where I was staying on the road. And then, no, sorry. It was a one and a half hour drive on the road, 45 minute four wheel drive trail after that. And by the time you parked at the bottom it was a two-hour hike, almost 5,300 feet in two hours, um, which is hard for anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a two-hour hike. So I was already almost four, four and a half hours in 
before I even got to the spot to start looking. Oh, and by the way, it has to be a certain type of weather pattern at a certain type of year in a certain type of habitat in a certain type of whatever. And to even like photograph these things, um, Arizona is very specific on like what you can do with even just photography, right? Let alone any sort of hook handling or anything else. There's laws in every state. Look those up before you do any photography or searching or anything else. But yeah, I mean, I remember sharing that story and I was like, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And even though, um, you know, I don't share the spot, I don't tell anybody about it. Um, but to be able to go back there, man, to know that you put in that type of energy and effort and whatever, when you see one, it's not like you've always wanted to see a timber and you finally go to a reptile show and see one for sale, or you've always wanted to see a green mamba and you finally found a zoo in your state that had one. Right. It's not right. like that. It's like you have this vested interest. So when you finally see one, it's, it's like magical. It is like, like it's magical. So when I have the opportunity to take people with me to do stuff like that, it's a, it's a game changer for me because I'm able to basically like change their view of not only the animal and how and where it lives, but their idea of like, what is herpetology? What is it behind the science that, that you go through as a scientist? Um, and, and how like truly magical it is to have that experience. You know, everybody talks about these lifers, right? Lifers, a big thing in our industry and in our, our more, I would say more in our hobby than the industry life or this life or that. And I know a lot of people that are like have lifer lists and they're just on there to check off boxes, but they're like, okay, cool. Uh, so I got a pygmy, I got a saga. I got a whatever, and they're just like checking the boxes, right? And I'm like, if that's their MO, man, that's their thing for going out and finding animals, like, I'm not gonna judge. That's okay. Um, they're still they're still promoting getting out there and doing it. But when you know that, like, when you see that person that they've lived in Louisiana their entire lives and they've never seen a wild copperhead, which first of all blows my effing mind. Yeah. But I had this I had this conversation literally on Friday night. Kid loves snakes. He was with a girl for 10 and a half years that's in the reptile industry. Well known. Lives in Louisiana. Moved out of the place they were together. He's down in my area now. Ran into this kid. He recognized me. We started talking. He's like, hey, would you would you be willing to take me out? And I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. Like doing what? And he goes, I just want to see a copperhead. And I'm like, wait, but you moved from Louisiana to Louisiana? He's like, yeah, he's I've lived in Louisiana my whole life. I'm like, did you've never seen a wild copperhead? So to take that kid out on a Saturday morning for two hours, 100% worth it. I could have been making $400 an hour doing countertops, but instead I chose to do that. And you know what? I wouldn't trade that for a million dollars, man. Because to be yeah. able to offer that opportunity and see that kid's face when he saw it for the first time, I was like, I helped create that. And you know what? That's one of those things that, 
like like Smitty with his algebra teacher, yeah, it will stick with him for the rest of his life. Hundred percent. Even if he hates math, you know. What even I mean? if he even if he hates math, yep. That's a real thing, and like to be able to to be that person for somebody else, to be able to offer that opportunity. Um, that's what I do this for, man. Yeah. That's that's why I do what I do. Of course, I would love to make a living doing it. But if right now I can have 10 companies and I break even between all of them, but I get to do what I love every day and live comfortably, not well, but comfortably, I'm totally cool with that, man. Yeah. Love it. Totally cool yeah. with that. I don't want to have it all. I just want to have enough. Well, that's that's the reality, bro. That's a great point. You know, when people when people start making more money, guess what happens? They spend more money. And when people people make more, they spend more. And when they make more, they spend more. And these people have these like, you know, multi million dollar homes with these fifteen car garages and all these things. And I'm like, that's cool. And I'm not mad at that. Listen, I wouldn't be mad if I had that either. But the reality is. How do you define success in your industry? Is it financially? Is it how many people you affect? Is it how many copies you sell of your magazine? Like, how do you define the success? Because that matters, first of all. What is successful to you? Secondly, take that to the next level and say, do you need a 15-car garage? Yeah. Or is it cheaper, faster, and easier to just redefine what is success? Yeah. Because the reality is, I know personally quite a few people with million dollar yacht, 15 car garages, whatever. And guess what happens when they die? Nothing. They don't even, they don't even get talked about. Yep. And how many of those people that have all those things and they're still miserable, you know, self, you know, Taking care of yourself is Most not, yeah. It, taking care of yourself is not necessarily pampering yourself. You know, it's legit taking care of yourself. You know, not not filling voids and and that sort of thing. You know, I take bougie ass bu bubble baths with bourbon, as as Sid likes to call him. But you know what? I did. I take myself to dinner. I took myself to sushi the other day. I went to sushi dinner by myself in a place that I've never been in a town that I don't. I don't even live in. And you know what? I told people, I said, if I'm not going to treat myself right and I'm not going to love me like that, why would I ever expect anybody else to do that? Yeah. I love me and I'm okay taking myself to dinner every once in a while. I'm it's, okay a, it's an adventure. Success equals feeling fulfilled. That's it, man. As Tim Van Eck has said in the comments. Happiness is internal, all that stuff. Like, we can get into the whole enlightenment stuff later. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It's, uh, what is success, man? Like, for some people, success might be owning their first venomous snake. For other yeah. people, success might be the first person to ever breed X species in captivity. And for other people, they give no shits about either of those successes. Right? So, like, sometimes nobody cares. It's all internal, man. Like, I consider myself 
successful and I lived in a trailer for three months while I talked to you guys and I was homeless for the 12 before that. And that still was successful for me because I was able to go places I've never gone, see things I've never seen, meet people I've never met, reach people I've never been able to reach and, and do things I've never done. And for me, that was a success. That was, that was the point of the journey, right? I think just we need more of that attitude and mentality like in everything that we do. In the hobby, Agreed. The, whatever. Agreed. Man. Agreed. In podcasting, in magazines, in everything. Like, it's okay if you're not the smartest guy in the room. Because guess what? No matter how smart, big, bad, strong, and fast you think you are, there's always somebody stronger, bigger, yeah. better, faster. And there's always a bigger fish. You just haven't met him yet. Yeah. Well put, I think man. if you can if you can come to terms with that, it's very freeing. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Because you basically stop giving a shit about pretty yeah. much everything. And you enjoy every aspect of your life and you do whatever you have with purpose and you don't give a shit what other people think. It's incredibly freeing. I think that's where true success is born. Yeah. Because every single one of those guys up on that bookshelf up there, what I was talking about earlier, the most successful people in the world, every one of them has a story where they lived in their car. They were beaten. They were told they couldn't do it. They were talked down to. They were said they would never make it. Do you know what I mean? Every one of them yeah. has that story. And we all started zero. And then we start with what? Basic math before we start algebra, before we move on to derivatives. So let's do that. Well put, man. Well put. All right. We are. I was going to say, we're we're seven minutes past your bedtime, young man. Where should people get a hold of you? If they want to. If they need their insight. At Brent Venomous on Facebook. At Brent Venomous on Instagram. I do answer both. If you really want to get a hold of me, Brent at VLG.email, but you got to give me a little bit of time on that one because it's not a messaging service. And if you're super, super interested, you find me on Messenger on Facebook, hit me up on Messenger, and uh, we can start a conversation right away. So if you, you check me out, Brent Schultz, um, B-R-E-N-T-S-C-H-U-L-Z-E, Google it plenty of websites to look at um this one shows up about every third time um which is awesome and uh you know from the asf venom life get hooked uh i mean all of it man code venom trauma venom institute i'm on all of them and my direct contact is on all of them so people want to get a hold of me i basically just Give out Justin's personal phone number and tell him to there ask you go. Me. Love it. Love it. Well, thank, thank you for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. It's a great fucking show. Nah, listen, man. I can't I thank you guys enough. Um, it's one of the only spots I really feel like I get to truly be me all the time. And 
and affect people that I wasn't going to be able to affect without this podcast. Cool, man. We love it. Yeah. We love it. Means a lot. I love you guys. In Daytona. I'm very excited about Daytona. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a freaking blowout. You'll meet Gendra. Yeah. And Casey Cannon can lose them in the ocean. I'm, I literally was just texting Cox about those flip flops. Like we're we're on. We're in. <laughs> I'll I'll send you guys uh I'll send you guys some pictures of my mock ups that are on the way. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a few to sell, but if you guys are interested, um I'll I'll do some pre orders for you guys. And don't forget everybody who's still watching after three hours, first of all. Probably need a life. Um, <laughs> second of all, more friends. Third of all, use the code THP at Venom Life. And you can get 10% off of all of the coolest gear. Shirts, hats, hooks, leggings. Supported by some of the coolest guys. That's you guys, by the way. Thank you, thank you. We love you. Without you guys, we're just two guys with way too many shirts. So thank you for everything that you do. And um, thanks for letting me get on and have my whiskey power hour times three. and vent Whiskey wisdom bit. power hour. Awesome. I think I'm going to change my name on Facebook from Brent Venomous to um, Encyclopedia Brentanica. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. That's so great. You've been, you've been thinking about that one for a minute, haven't you? No, I <laughs> with this girl, but that's not the point. The point is, I, I the only reason I haven't done it is because I feel like way, way too many people probably couldn't spell it. <laughs> I'm totally photoshopping that later. Just a so. picture of his, like, faded into a cover, and it's just him in some clouds. Oh, I'm, I'm photoshopping it later. I'm totally making it. 100%. Get Dom to do it. Yeah, get, we'll get Dominique to do it. So. You, All right. You work on the media. You work on the design. I'll work on changing my name. Okay. Puget Sound Pythons, please check them out. Absolutely. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. The Gendra. I love you all. I'll see you guys soon at uh, Bubbles and Bourbon. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. <laughs> Good night.